Yes, 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 yes. Hey guys, welcome to the Money Flow. This is the Money Flow Trading Society's podcast, Mastering the Trade. And today I have a um, special um, audio recording for you. It's rather long. Maybe you come back to this in pieces. And I only recorded part of it, to be honest. Um, there were sections that I didn't record, but this is a spe- this is a Twitter Spaces that I did with my friend Michael Crow. Michael's an interesting guy. I met Michael in New York. He's a professional trader. He's an actor. He's a, just a, a a ball of personality, man. Great guy. We hit it off right away. Uh, Michael is an educator, teacher, trader, moderator uh, over at the Wealth Squad. I have a lot of friends in the Wealth Squad. Um, very similar group to the Money Flow Gang, just much, much larger. That's run by my friend Chris Johnson. And on Wednesday, uh, April the 27th, me and Michael got together and had this. And it's about mindset, motivation, dealing with death, pain, and the struggle, and all of that, trying to be a trader, trying to be an investor, what all that life throws at us all. Um, I hope you enjoy this. Work your, Take your time. Work through it. I think you'll get some gems. There's some parts here that, I mean, I've listened back through it twice as I've been working and I really, really enjoyed it. I hope I get to do more of these with Michael. I put out with him that I wouldn't mind doing one of these every Wednesday. Um, obviously not as long, but having that we have never recorded together often, if um, I feel a good energy and it's good, we can go for a very, very long time. Anyway, I hope you appreciate it. Let me know what you think. God bless. There we go. He's there. Yes, 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 man. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for that yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All the people came on here to hear, man. Is that yes, yes, yes? So I, hey, man. Thanks for thanks for coming on here with me to chop it up and kind of dive into, you know, your backstory, my backstory, and just you know, drop some gems for the people and and uh, you know, obviously make this an open forum too for for them to participate with us and ask us questions and. And just to be a, a community to to build each other up. So I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, man. Of course, of course. Let me send this out on Twitter so folks join yeah, us, good. man. Well, while you're while you're working the uh, the magic and the marketing side, that's what we do, man. We work together. We're marketing this whole thing. But look, I, you know, I, I actually, you know, I, I followed Gerald for for quite a while before I actually got on board with Chris. And I, and I just remember seeing Chris's stuff, fall, um, his content coming to me in my Instagram a lot. And, you know, I checked Chris out. Obviously, I joined the Well Squad community last year as a community member. Did really well in there and, and uh, was just really trying to educate people, educate myself. And um, ended up getting called to, to the ranks of the admin provider group there with, um, with uh, Kayla and Ray and, and Kia and budget dog and all and all of the other providers within the wealth squad and it's been a really incredible opportunity and it's given me a chance to meet and talk to so many people and and just help people um so i'm grateful for that opportunity but Mm -hmm. where i first where i first met gerald he did a he did a face-to-face when i met him we had done we had we had linked up through instagram on 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 stories and lives and stuff like that prior to but when 
I just want to share this with everybody because when I went to Gerald's meetup when he did it in Brooklyn last year, the very first time, it was just a meetup for him to meet his Money Flow gang and everybody else. And I was so taken back by how many Wealth Squad members showed up, mm-hmm. how many Money Flow members were there. And I just sat back and I watched and the amount of love that people just had for this man, helping them through their first real estate deals, get started in trading, being you know million dollar investors all these things it was just such an immense group of people and and i got to see that respect and that love for you firsthand man and it really it really moved me to be better at my craft too and also to be more transparent to be more out there in the community and and doing things for people in the same way that you have so just as equally as you inspire other people, Gerald, you also inspire me too. And I and I just mm. appreciate your friendship and and you know all the times, all the conversations we have, text messages, phone calls, all that stuff. You always pick up my phone calls, man, and I just it, it goes so far with me, um, and vice versa too. Anytime I you know I, I try to pick up your calls too, man. Yeah, <clears throat> no, it, it was humbling. Like when I went, you know, I went there with very little expectation, and. And and that been repeated over and over, man. In New, in New Orleans, um, you know, other pl- uh, Kansas City, uh, um, been you know several places now, and just to meet people and then you know put a, a face to a, a an emoji or to a, a a Discord handle. And what's funny? Anytime I go anywhere, it's mostly mostly well well the well squad's huge. So it's you know <laughs> it's, it's, there's. A, there's a lot of them, and uh, shout out to all the Wealth Squad yeah. members, man. Dude, I was so Wealth Squad. It's all the same team, man. We're all on that same team, that community. It's, yeah, know, and a lot of them have read my book, which is beautiful. Yeah. You know, both of, a lot of them have both of my books, which is even more beautiful. What uh, the, I mean, I was walking in New Orleans. Um, this is a couple months ago or whatever. And this guy driving down the road, I'm outside the French Quarter, like by the high, by the road, like main roads. And a dude in the car yells out, just this is random. Uh, he yells out GP, and then he yells out uh, Wealth Squad. He's driving down the road in a car. And my wife's with me. She's like, "What the hell?" And I'm just like, "They're everywhere." Yeah, you know, it's it's funny when we were just talking on the phone the other day about all of this stuff i you know you and chris have obviously been doing your thing for quite a while now and and building these incredible communities of people but i think there's an aspect of it where i don't know if y'all really understand how deep it really moves how deep it really is out into the world of what you guys are doing and that's why i've always stayed connected to both of you in that way Mm -hmm. just because of that community it's just such a supportive strong community of goodness and it's it's you know it's beyond money it's beyond real estate it's beyond right crypto it's beyond all those things it's 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 about life and and fellowship and community and brotherhood and sisterhood and all this other stuff and it's you know it's the thing in my own work and the entertainment business that i've always connected myself to um so it's it's beautiful man it's been beautiful to watch yeah, and on and on my end too. And you know, originally when I started um, putting content out there, I had written my book. You don't have to die broke. Like probably almost seven years now mm-hmm. ago, with no following. I'm not really even on social. Like that, 
you know, it had nothing to do with social. Right. I just had lived a, a life and approached it from a certain way. And just as I would observe, I'm like, okay, a lot of people have done it bigger than me for sure. But a lot of people didn't, who didn't do it are suffering, mm-hmm. you know? And I just saw the difference in the, the mindset and the, the lifestyle of, you know, being in, whether it be stock market, real estate, being an entrepreneur, just this concept of making money, investing money in, in, in whatever. And mm-hmm. versus if you didn't do that and, you know, wanting to share that with people, but usually your friends, your family, they're, you know, they're not wanting to hear too much about that. Um, they, they don't want to hear it until you're doing really well. Right. I got right, lucky. My family always tells everybody how lucky I got in real estate. And man, I, you're out there doing it. Man, every day. Yeah, I'm like, every yeah. House, <laughs> I'm like, lucky. Are you crazy? Like, like yeah. yeah, you weren't there when I was sitting there physically as a grown man crying in a house because I had no money. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, and that's okay. Like, we can't force our families to you know, to follow our path or, or, or to even believe what we believe or all you can do is try to be an example. But then, like you said, there's power when you start meeting like-minded people, man. It fires me up, dude. Like I'm on a whole nother energy level now since I launched, you know, the money flow stuff. And, you know, even as Chris, when Chris met me, I, I still have the DM saved. He DMs me and goes, Hey man, I got $250,000. I own a watch company and I blew him off, you know? I'm like, yeah, okay, good for you. And because I get DMs all the time, you know, and and I and I, you know, usually the first one, I, you know, I'm nice. Here's my free book. Read it. Most people don't. But then he did, you know, he started buying shit. Next DM is like, hey, I got a million dollars, man. Do you? And he's like, and then I, you know, I start talking to him and he's out there doing it, man. He's doing exactly what I talked about, you know? Um, Yeah. And then you see, and it works on all levels, right? It's fractal. Like he was doing really well. So it can, it, it, it works for that guy just as it works for the guy who's, you know, mowing yards, mm-hmm. just different exactly. zeros, you know? Yeah. When, when, when did you really start all of this stuff? Like who, who was your mentor? I, I had two moments in life. I mean, you always have your, you, you know, your youth shapes you and this and that. I was raised really poor, single mom. And then she met my stepdad and he, we lived in Arkansas, really, I mean, just lower, you know, poor white people living in a trailer park, classic picture. You, you were, you were in a little rock. Little rock, like you would see yeah, on TV. I still remember that. I still remember that documentary banging in little rock. Right. <laughs> That's my family. And it's, you know, ever like, eh, you got a lot of them in jail. A lot of them doing, you know, selling shit they shouldn't be selling or whether it be drugs or stolen stuff. And that's the way they lived, you know. And my mom met my dad and he's out of the Marines and he's wanting to work. And he's a younger guy and he's young, way younger than her. And uh, almost immediately he gets a job in Alaska and so we hit the road, you know. And, and so my, you know, he's a worker, so we weren't rich or nothing, but he was, you know, middle, you get in that middle class and, um, I get to Alaska and I'm running with Indian kids and, and, but my dad grew up poor, so he didn't keep his money, you know? And, um, 
And as the oil cycle does, right, we know this from trading, it goes up and it goes down, right? Right. <laughs> so right. My, my dad blew out and lost everything, man. And I'm 16 when that happens. And we come back to the South, back to the poor way of living, you know? And, um, you know, so living through that kind of shaped me that, like, man, you got to be a hustler. You got to be making money, you know? Otherwise, shit can get taken from you. Yeah, it's the same too. Like I, I grew up in Bloomington. I didn't, I didn't come from a family of affluence either. I, I had a, you know, we, we had a rough little childhood too, man. We lived in the projects on, on a couple of different, different sides of town and stuff like that, and didn't have a whole lot of money either. And so I, I came up in, in a tough environment too in that way. And nobody really taught me about money when I was younger growing right. up at all. Like I, I mean, I remember being in like middle school. We had like home economics where we learned how to like sew and cook and balance a checkbook. <laughs> right. that, that was it. That was the extent of everything. And in terms of just like going through some of those scenarios, I remember riding my, my bike home from my friend's house and, and, and getting, I tweeted about this once of, of being caught in a drive-by shooting on, on my way Damn. from my friend's house. You know, I, it was like real, that's, that's like real fear. Yeah. In, in those scenarios, but I, you know, the grit for me, the mental fortitude and all of that stuff really came from athletics for me. One, living through those, you know, just the moments of not having anything and mm -hmm. um, being called the poor kids in school and, and those sort of things, right? It, it um, shapes you, man. It shapes your views. Yeah, it really does. And I just, that, that grit for me really came, though, I can honestly say that that grit really came from wrestling for me. Um, I, I wrestled at a really young age and I did it all the way up until like seventh or eighth grade when I moved my parents divorced when I was in the second grade. And then I went to go, I was living with my mom Then I, I was living with my dad and then I went to go live with my mom. Um, but wrestling did so many things for me mentally because of the amount of conditioning you had to do mm. and, and how incredibly tough that sport is like you you wrestle in these three three minute periods and get, it feels get, like talk a, your way out of that no it feels, <laughs> like, it feels like an eternity when you're on that yeah mat. you're like geez i just want this match to end this dude is crushing me right now <laughs> um so i so i learned so much of that early on and then that translated into like basketball and some other things basketball and wrestling have always been like my my two right big sports that i've been great at and then later on in life now as an adult it ended up being endurance racing but those those moments really shaped me in terms of really pushing myself to excel and you think that's um, equated to trading yeah and know, acting a, yeah yeah absolutely you know um and and you probably know this too from running the marathons that you have mm -hmm. is that when you're so focused on something athletically right you you're so focused that you hear nothing but you hear everything yeah you can you can hear a pin drop you can hear the person in the stands because you're so focused on your surround you know and i and i think mike tyson has talked about this too about everything you can just hear every single sound around you because you're so focused and you're so hyper aware of everything. And when I joined the wealth squad and I, and you know, that was around the time of the pandemic and the entertainment industry was completely shut down. My work was pretty much over. I was like, how am I, how am I going to survive without a way to, 
you know, go into these productions when they were still trying to figure everything out. And so I, I had about seven or eight months worth of funds to be able to like liquidate and live, still live in New York. And I, and I gave myself a timeline. I said, look, six months, if I can't do it, then I gotta, I gotta come up with another plan. Mm. And, and I really honestly came into wealth squad. I, I, I had some, I had some money in there when I, when I started and, um, I just tapped into all the courses. I, I really tapped into your content. I, I tapped into Chris's content with his courses, right. the providers in there, and I just watched. And I watched how I watched the education that they were teaching and really listening to it, and I tapped into it. I, t- I really tapped into the money flow. That really resonated with me on a visual standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been a kinesthetic learner of, of being able to like visualize things first. Like That's my way of learning. Um, you know, and that the beautiful thing about the money flow is other people, other people can do it different. Yeah. There's, you know, it's, it's got a lot of room in there. Right. For interpretation. You know, I try, I teach from my perspective, but as many people that use it differently, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's just a real fundamental, simple component to it mm-hmm. that makes it so universal. Right, mm-hmm. and that's why it really fits. You know, people are like, oh, it doesn't really work with options. No, it works with options. Yeah. It always makes it me laugh. Times on options. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get that question a lot. Does this work with options? And I'm like, I, I guess if tops and bottoms are important in options, it does. So. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, is I it think a... it's like the, the the learning of everything is that I I really took that time to dive into that work and the education side of it. Of I in the same way that I've done with my acting craft mm-hmm. is that it's all about the process for me, that work that you're doing behind the scenes, the work you're doing in the little black box, creating a role and creating a character and trying to research and peel back layers and facts and put it all together to, to create this bigger picture. Right. And mm-hmm. that's the same way I treated the stock charts and the money flow and support and resistance and looking at all of those things like those stock charts for me were just like my game tapes and basketball right and my wrestling meets and all those things that i would watch religiously to try to find the little minute details of where i could shift this or i could do something better here i could adjust this part and i i went all in on that for a solid a solid month and a half two months when I was in the wealth squad with that. And I just, I poured everything I had into that. And I, and I just felt like I could see things that other people weren't seeing. Right. I can anticipate things that other people weren't anticipating. But the difference was, I think we all had the same tools. We all had the same charts. We all had the same screeners. Like I don't have any other right. tools that other people don't have. It's just like you said, the interpretation of things are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And I really spent the time to test my theories, to test all of those things, um, to have those confirmations for myself and to help me build the confidence, right? You, you shoot a thousand free throws and you make 900 of them. You're probably going to have the confidence that you're a pretty damn good free throw shooter Yeah. in the same way that you build up, you know, miles from pounding the pavement from running marathons or, you know, whatever it is. Right. It, yeah, and for me, the, <clears throat> the money flow. One time, somebody asked me. I was being interviewed or on a podcast, and the guy asked me what was my prized possession. 
Which I thought was a neat question, man. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna start just randomly asking people that. Be drinking a beer. Hey, what's your pro- like? Just fuck with them. But it, it you know, I, I had to stop and think, and you start thinking, and I, and I said, I looked at him, and I said, charts. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Yeah, that's great. What? And I said, I'm, the one thing that has been with me for 20 years, every day. Not a watch, not a car. Those have come and gone. Even houses have come and gone. Wives, you know? I mean, like, charts. They're, they're with me every day. And, you know, that's not a trading system or a trading strategy. It's just charts. Like, I love stock charts. Not the company. A lot of times people think I mean the company. I mean just charts. I used to get them in the mail. I had no, almost no money to trade. And I, would, I was just gonna. I was just gonna talk about that. Like, yeah. People don't appreciate what we have now in terms of technology and making life easy for us as traders. Whereas you come from a time of when you started, when you were getting that shit in the mail. In the mail, and that in was the mail. that was the way the big guys did it when computers were around, but they were so uncommon. You know, only mm-hmm. corporations had them, or you had some at like like I remember playing on the Apple computer at school, but you know. Uh, the only reason I was around computers, my dad was actually a computer programmer and they didn't call them coders then they were programmers, you know, and, and, and that's what he was doing for the oil companies. And so I was around computers, but even then it was unusual, you know, um, it wasn't till fuck dude, 97 that I like daily got on a computer and then it wasn't till like, you know, maybe nine, you know, around then is when I'm using them every day, you know? Um, but yeah, they would come in the mail. I would get these weekly from, it was called S and P something and they would have the MACD done them and it would be a weekly, like you would, you'd, you'd have like a monthly, a weekly and a daily chart. Like we look at, except they'd be printed and there'd be uh, you could have a package of 50 stocks, a hundred stocks. It's up to you, whatever you wanted to pay, you know, and I had the lowest level and, and I would sit with them, man, and watch TV. My wife's like. Cause nope. I mean, I'm trying to invest in real estate. Like you, it wasn't free trading. Like you had to pick up the phone and call them, you know? And yeah, so that's crazy, man. I'm doing a game way out of my league. None of my friends are picking the phone up, calling a broker to, mm-hmm. to buy something. And when I first tried, I was trying to do commodities and futures mm-hmm. and dude, I'm on the phone. Like I'm a farmer or something calling in a pork bellies trade. And I, I blew through $5,000 so fast. And then I was like, shit, I better not tell the wife. Like, yeah, I go through that, like hiding, like hiding trading. Like it's a goddamn addiction. Like it's heroin or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've, I've noticed that too. And especially like with... It's it's the knowledge component right. component about it that really unlocks that addiction, right? Once you have that knowledge, you realize nobody can take this away from me. Exactly. I have it. I'm powerful with it. And if people just are consistent and they show up and they just keep trying right. and they just keep putting one foot in front of the other, one trade at a time, just like you say, one stock at a time, one trade at a time, right? Mm-hmm. It's how you build. It's when you really grasp that component of everything man, it's, it's a lethal combination to have, not just with trading, but it translates to other areas of your life too. Right. Right. It, and it, it builds conviction, right? Conviction takes time. Mm-hmm. People, you know, and people will be conv- like, let's say, 
around y'all. Conviction takes time. Conviction takes time. And you can have false conviction. And that's just called, um, maybe we look back and call it hype. Or I don't know what the term, you know how you can get, you can get fired up on something for a couple months and then lose it. You know? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm, you know, we, you know, we do that. And that's human nature. I, I do that too. There's things I get excited, a TV show, and then three months later, I'm not even thinking about that anymore. Um, for me, charts wasn't like, it, it, was, an, it was an addiction. And, and I would look and I would try to, I was just convinced that I could see things in charts other people couldn't see, you know, like crazy thoughts at the time. And now it's way more common, like you said, because we can just pick up a phone and, and look at them. Um, I don't know that I've, I can even go through a conversation with someone now. Like I'll be live on Instagram talking with other influencers. There's, we're talking a thing and I'll, you'll see me at times reach over and grab my other phone. I'm not talking to someone. I'm checking the price of Bitcoin. <laughs> you know, it, it, like I can't, I can't go long periods of time without looking at a chart. Um, and crypto was a saver for me in that sense that it keeps moving at night. Mm-hmm. It, and, you know, I need downtime, but I, I, love, I love that I can just pick up and look at the price of Bitcoin. And on Christmas Day at 9 a.m., I can look at the price of Bitcoin. Now, you're, you're not... We talked about this a little bit too before in the past, but you're not a you're not an active like day trader nope. per se, right? You're nope. an investor, right? What, for right. the people that are on here that don't know the difference of that, right? There's a huge difference of being an investor. There's a huge difference in being a trader, right? If mm-hmm. you want the if you want the peace of mind, less gray hairs, not to go bald like myself, whatever, right? being the investor right that's the patience part of it that's where you build the real wealth as opposed to day trading where you have to be more locked into everything right and it's let me give it a second make sure it's not is that my connection or yours something always ends up happening no no can you still hear me yeah, I can hear you. Okay, we're back. Um, yeah, and for me, there's there's several styles of trading. There's investor, and I use the money flow around investments. And so I meet guys sometimes, well, I'm a buy and holder. I don't need to know charts. I'm like, yeah, stupid that sounds. <laughs> That's like saying I'm a race car driver. I don't need to know how the tires work. Right. And it's like race car drivers know a lot about cars. Like they could get out and help their crew, you know? Everything inside and out. Right. Every great real estate investor I know knows all about drywall, fucking plumbing. He may not be in there doing it now, but he knows about it, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. They're not oblivious to it. And so as an investor, you know, when I first started doing the money flow, it was exclusively swing trading. And then you you realize real quick, wow, the smart time to add to your investments would be stage ones after big sell-offs, right? Mm-hmm. And that began to form. And I'm like, wow, the money flow is really about investing. And it's not. It's fractal. It goes all the way down to a five-minute chart. Now, it may not flow right. And you'll hear me sometimes saying this stock's flowing good. And what I mean is it's doing the money flow pattern. If you go look at us, like uh, this morning, I was looking at NEE. And maybe write that down and look at it when you get off. That is a utility company. And it looks to be bottoming for a possible stage one, right? Now, as an investor, that catches my attention. I go, look, the stock's under value. Technically, it's oversold. I think even traders know what that is, obviously. 
So I want to buy like a trader as an investor. The only difference is, is I don't want to take the gains they might take when, the, you know, when it goes higher. Mm-hmm. I might though, right? I might. Yeah. And so let's say I've been building, I've been in something for a long time and I want to take some money off the table. Well, don't you want to do that when it's overbought? <laughs> like, right. And so I just began to realize, okay, trading skills are also investing skills. Like they work together. And if you're a good trader, you can be a really great investor. And if you're a really good investor at this, you could probably be a pretty decent trader. Um, and so buy and hold is that. You're keeping it. And sometimes I'll trim them. So let's say I've been in Coke for two years. I've collected a lot of dividends. The position runs up. It's now very large in my holdings. I might take 5 or 10% of that off the table to add and start a new position that's maybe in a stage one. And, and that's just growing out your portfolio, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you're still convicted about Exxon or Coke or whatever. You're just trimming a little. And as you go forward in life, I've been doing it 20 years now. And there's stocks that I, I have four grand in that are 20,000, you know? Um, and they're still paying dividends. And along the way, I've trimmed and added. So if we move that over, then there's what I call position trading, which is where mm-hmm. s- something with Uber for me. That's not really a, a lifetime investment. You love Uber. I man. love Uber because I think Uber <laughs> is below, I think it's like 50% below value. Yes. When it gets to what I believe is the value of Uber, I won't love Uber anymore. I mean, I'll like the company, but I don't want to own as near as much of it. And, and so for me, that's what I call a position trade, meaning I'm going to trade around every stage one position. And if it runs, let's say we get a nice position and it runs up, maybe does it does bang at 80 RSI. I might trim it a little, but stay with the trade. And, and, yeah. and so I call that position trading. It means we're not using stops. We're building it up and we're trading to true value. Right. So I, I get a lot of I get a lot of DMs about all of that. Right. I'll mm-hmm. enter a swing trade or I'll enter this. Right. You know, whatever whatever trade it is. Right. And so obviously. The world's in chaos. It all, seems like all the time, and the market's uh, doing what it's doing best, and and beating beating a lot of people up right now, right? So right. There's there's also a lot of silence out there. All the people that were running it up at, uh, when it was a lot stronger were real uh, vocal, and now everyone's silent again. And so, what's your what's your mentality, Gerald? And like, what's your mindset? This is when what I do should shine. Yeah. Meaning for me to be the richest in three to five years, I need prices lower, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Like this is like, and I tell a lot of my real estate friends, I approach stocks the same as real estate. To me, they're the same. The only thing I don't like about real estate is I can't put it on a stock chart. And I wish I could. That would be even better. And it's... they, they'll tell you the money made in real estate is made at the buy, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's the same thing too. When I used to, I used to sell, um, I used to sell cars for a couple of years in Dallas, mm-hmm. started, started selling them, got promoted to management in seven months and I never left. And I did, I did that for about two and a half years, made a shit ton of money doing it. It was insane how Beautiful. much money's in the car business. But I went to a lot of auctions there and you understand the same thing too. When I, I worked in used cars for Acura at one point, and um, I noticed that 
all of the money that you make on all of those cars is always made when you buy it, right? not when you sell it. Right, and so, sometimes people don't know what that means. That means your price point entry is so good that down the road when you do sell it, you're, you're, you make your money, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, you're making it when you sell it, duh, but, but the money was made because of where you bought it. Right. And, and, right. The, and, the posi- and really the position you had. It's, and now if we get into cash flowing things, let's say something that throws you off money to own it, well, it just makes sense to me to buy that when everyone else is fearful and the prices are cheaper, which takes us back to, you know, you got to have courage, you know, you got to have conviction and that shit takes time. And when I look back, you know, I made a killing in Ford and the reason I made a killing in Ford is Ford went to $4. Yeah, that was crazy. If it didn't go to $4, Gerald didn't make a killing. So Exxon, I made about 60 grand in this recent oil run up. Should have been more. But, you know, everybody's playing with the money they got. Right. But that was made because Exxon went to $26. Right? If that doesn't happen, I don't make the 60 grand this year. Right. And so I had to, and so I, dude, I lost followers. I lost, people quit my Discord group. They were like, you're an idiot. You keep buying these stupid oil, like people would say stupid oil stocks to me. Like that word, phrase together. Yeah, I, I think that that's, and we were down 50% in it. And I'm like, this is a generational buying opportunity, man. All my life, oil has been here. In all your fucking life, oil will be here. Don't believe this yeah. bullshit you're seeing on TV, you know? Yeah, I mean, that, you know, I, t- I tell people this all the time. I was in the Navy, um, did two and a half deployments to Southeast Asia. And there's an, and you know this too, probably because you were also in the military. You You know things about the world, about the economy, what's happening before it ever reaches mainstream media. Right. And in that sense, and so I, I would always share that with people too about them being tapped into the news and the media. It's it's all different narratives that they push to obviously instill fear, right? And mm-hmm. this is a whole entire different debate and another discussion. Um, but when you understand that and then you can translate that into what it is you're trying to do in terms of whether you're an investor or you're a trader, it makes things so much easier. I think the hardest thing as us as being leaders in the communities that we're a part of is that when we buy something or we make a, you know, hey, this looks good, this it, it, it's going to do this, it could pop. Not going to say it's going to do this. There's a possibility. This is where it could go right. These are the possibilities based on support, resistance, the money flow, whatever. But then there's times when those trades don't do any of that. And it goes against all of that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And there's nothing we can do about it. But then in those scenarios is when everybody comes for our neck. Everybody throws out all the hate. Everyone throws (laughs) it. You know, yeah. I've I've experienced it. You have. I Rico, uh, who's who's up here too, listening. Uh, he's been through it. Um, you know, so it's a real it's a real thing. How so on a on a mental standpoint, GP? How do you how do you get through those moments? I know you're you're you don't really you don't you don't give a damn. We we know from all of your IG stories, you don't care about what anybody else is doing. But for the people that struggle with those sort of things that might be in other communities and leaders in other communities how how do you handle those moments as um, a investor no i mean i think trader? i think i carry them 
<clears throat> you're talking about like that maybe other people or have followed your lead and maybe they're like say they own some stuff and it's down big and you know they're yeah they're feeling absolutely yeah you know i i think any anything that you put out to the community right people latch on to it and they not do. necessarily the uneducated right there's a lot of educated sure. people who will still latch on to what to what it is you do what i do what some of the other leaders in the communities do mm-hmm. things go wrong and things go against us yeah all next, right and so, i have a lot of very not a lot but i have plenty of very wealthy people that follow me and when when me and you are buying 10 shares and 20 shares they're buying 30,000 yeah and there's people out there that when i say something they're buying you know $300,000 worth mm-hmm. and you know their swings you know at the open or close are 10 times larger than some of the people that cry the most accounts mm-hmm. and you got to realize i mean you, you one of the things that i try to like you're going to take anytime you have an opinion or a belief in something you're going to you're if you publicly talk about it or share it or teach something you are going to run up against people that completely disagree with you or decide they don't like you um you know don't appreciate what you're teaching or just feel the need that they they should be able to heckle you um i get that a lot where cuz you know in my videos i i talk a lot of shit at times trying to be entertaining at the same time you know of course fun to watch i don't walk around yelling at people yeah um and i may give that impression in a video and when you do when you do man i go and get the popcorn and right there and <laughs> i always see you all, put man, that post yeah and i'm trying to get you know just emphasize some things and maybe and sometimes i may offend someone and it could be legitimate i offended them because i didn't say it right or because you got to remember i'm i'm not memorizing lines i'm i'm just going on an idea and and maybe I'll say it wrong, and you'll get people screenshot that and go on May fourteenth at two penny two twenty. You said this, it didn't come true, and it's like okay, um, sorry, you know. And and I try to get across as best I can that I don't I don't know the future, you know. I don't I don't know where any stock's going ever. Um, these are positions, and I and I try to get people to uh, to see the whole thing. Like most people probably shouldn't be trading; they probably should pay out their debt first, you know, because you're going to handle a twenty percent, thirty, let's say a fifty percent drawdown. One being in a community should help you, unless the whole community's crying about it. Then it just multiplies the pain. I don't know if you guys know this, but like if you're in a community and you just bitch about things, you're actually making the community worse. Like you're not. It, you know, some people, they need help, right? They need conviction. And that comes from, a, you know, they feed on other people. Right. And if a guy's in debt or fighting with his wife, that's going to reflect in how he, you know, his conviction level when it comes to investments or stocks or any of these things, it's it's going to reflect, man. So I think, one, we can't control what people do because we can't control their life or their day. And I can't control how they're going to respond to something. Like, I think you should own Bitcoin. Bitcoin's been going down, you know. And if, if you're in a bad place in life and <clears throat> you didn't approach it right and you weren't diversified, then your reaction to it may be different than mine where I'm more excited. I like Bitcoin even more now. I like Uber more than I did at 50. Mm-hmm. They don't understand that. I'm like, no, I like it more, man. This is a better idea now. And if if they're... If they don't understand position trading or cycles, you know, their time frame's too short or they're in a bad place, to them it may not be a good thing. 
And that stuff takes time. And in, in, and if you're going to be, if you're going to try to share your craft with the world or be an artist or be an actor or be a singer, you're going to have to be prepared to be rejected and get booze, right? Right. That's, you know, that's, that's <clears throat> what I, I've, I've really learned to have that, um, that tough skin like that, just mm-hmm. the height of a rhinoceros and the soul of a rose is what I always say. Right. And you care. I don't want to see anybody emotionally upset because the stock went down. I think life is too big to be that upset. Yeah. And I also think, I think a lot of that roots from, there's this idea people have, let's say I put $50,000 in a trading account, right? Now they, they save that 50 over a period of time, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if that guy would have put 10 in and then came to me and he's in our community and he starts, he goes, okay, because I, I teach 75% buy and hold, 25% speculation trade, swing trade, position trade, whatever you want, whatever you want to do. But 75% needs to be in shit that's just going to go up over time. Right. That pays you dividends. That's how I do my splits. And if a guy had 10 and he did 7,500, that way, 2,500 play. Well, if he drops half of 2,500, he shouldn't be that upset, bro. Come on. That's a couple weeks. That's a week of work, right? Yeah, you know. Keep the shit in balance. But what would you have learned during that? You would have learned all this experience. You would have learned, you know, it's not that hard to ride a 50% correction when you got 2,000 bucks, right? Right. Well, what's the difference between that and two million? So, if you can't handle two thousand, what what do you think is going to happen when, in ten years from now when there's another crash or another COVID, or you wake up and nuclear bomb has gone off in Russia? Your stocks are dropping fast, big. Yeah, you know, I, I I say this to the people in our community too, and and people outside of the community that have that have followed me, um, is that if that moment that you're anxious, you're right. nervous. You're upset. You're angry. You're mad. Whatever. And and I've had I've had trades where I got socked in my mouth to options trade and swing mm-hmm. trades where I've gotten socked in my mouth. And there's and there's a few that have that have um, shook me a little bit and and got me upset and and uh, oh yeah, un, dude, un, 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 unbalanced. I'll say. Sure. And I've I, had so, I've cried. Like, I've had tears, man. Yeah, and I've and I've always said like in those moments. That, that split second moment where you know your energy shifts in that way, you're playing with entirely too much money that you can't afford to lose. Right. Right? And I've, and I've always tried to keep that in the back of my mind for myself moving forward in any of those trades that if, okay, if I enter this trade and it goes to zero, am I okay with losing this money? And right. yes, nobody wants to lose any money whatsoever on any trades. You get it. But on a on the principal standpoint of it all, it's like, I've always tried to keep that in mind when and, I enter the trades and, 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 and you're to pro- keep that into perspective. You're not going to take, in that example, we were just saying 50 grand, right? Let's say you're trading 50 grand. In my mind, if you're trading 50 grand, I hope you have a, a lot more in a buy and hold account, or I think you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, now, a lot of people may be out of whack with that. And, and if you are, you should think on it. You should think on it. And maybe it's a 50-50 with you. Maybe it's a different ratio. But you should have some in the the Verizons and McDonald's. Maybe it's just sitting in the S&P 500, right? Like you're not even trading that at all. You're just – it's just sitting there. Um, but even as a trader, you're not going to just trade, make money, trade, make money. And somehow you're going to run 50 to a million. And I think a lot of times people are thinking that. There are people that do that for sure. Don't misunderstand me. 
But in my experience, everyone I've met who's trading larger money, traded, added money, traded, added money, traded, added money. That's what Chris did. Chris didn't put money in one time and trade his way to millions of dollars. Meaning you're learning the skill of trading and you're giving yourself more. Like this is how I did real estate. I didn't buy one house and magically turn it into 20. I bought one. And then I bought another and then another and then I pulled equity out of the first one. So in other words, I harvested a big trade and now I have more and then I bought another, you know, and, and it was me. Like, so if you're a trader right now, you need to understand you're going to be putting money in your trading account all your life. If the, if the goal is to get to a lot of money. When, whenever you, uh, to, to backtrack a little bit, when, when did you join, when did you join the military? Uh... 80 no yeah 1989 no, I, right after basic i went to germany within six months i was in iraq the first gulf war mm. so 1990 wow. 89 or 90. now when you when you joined were you heavy into investing already? no 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 i'd come across it and and that was when in the beginning you asked me and i had a couple moments and one of them was in the army so one was a kid being shaped kind of having to hustle for things and so I always been a worker and I could make money, right? Yeah. And I was in a room one time and this guy had, he had just made sergeant, but you know how it is when you first make sergeant, you still have all your boys that are young, you know, enlisted that are, uh, yeah. yeah. So you're still kind of quasi hanging out with them while you're trying to be a sergeant. And yeah. he was like that. He was in that crossover and he was drinking beer with us on a Saturday. And I'm looked over on his table and he had his checking account statement just sitting there. And I lean over and it said like 117,000. And I was like, I'd never, I mean, I'd never met anybody with that kind of money, you know? And I looked at it again. And it may have been, I don't remember the exact number, but it was like 117 grand. And I was like, holy shit, dude. I was like, is that, your, is that money? And then he was like, you know, trying to put it away and stuff. And I'll go, no, no, man, really? And he goes, yeah, I've been saving. And I go, how did you get so much money? And, and this sounds stupid, right? He goes, I saved it. And that hit me, dude. I know that sounds dumb, man. But honestly, I had never thought of that till then. Like, I mean, I knew the concept, like, save money. Yeah, yeah. But when he said that and how much he had, I was, it was like a moment, you know? Yeah, what, what was it that you were doing when you were in the military for the people that... Uh, I was a combat engineer first, which is basically like infantry with uh, 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 landmines. I see. So we, you were out there. You were you were out. You were on those front lines. Oh yeah. And then and then I reclassed as military police. Where where that I spent most of that in Bosnia running UN and food patrols and you know mm. important people back and forth so they didn't get shot. But <laughs> that yeah, was crazy. That was um, that was cool. It was cold, shitty sniper fire all the time. Shit like that all mm -hmm. the time. But sometimes and. And a lot of that molded me, man. You know, like you said, like wrestling did for you. It gave me, it gave me, it gave me a reference point on how tough times can be. You know, when you're just riding around, trying not to die, like that's different than your Uber stock went down. Like sometimes when you, you know, you talk about people complain. I'm like, dude, are, are you being real right now? Like you're having a complete meltdown over. Look, there's people in the Ukraine with fucking bombs being dropped on their head. Like, you need to put some shit in perspective, man. 
Like you're being given an opportunity to buy a great company at half price and you're crying about it? You know how many people would kill to have that opportunity? You can you can probably relate to this too, I, I think, from probably some of the things that you saw in your military experience. But mm-hmm. I've, I've shared this in, in our well squad community many times is that when that emotional side of you comes into your trades and everyone's mm-hmm. upset or whatever, I've always noticed that like some of the baddest, man pajamas on the planet that I've met Mm -hmm. uh, when I was in the Navy and then also when I was in those wartime situations also is that the the most dangerous people were the ones who were calm and collected and they had their their bearings, they knew their surroundings and the people who always were either injured or something bad happened or whatever it was, it was the people that for that split second lost they they let their emotions get the best of them or you know obviously there's other things in play that you know are variable variables we can't control but the emotional side of it you could always tell even on the basketball court when i've played the sure. people that get emotional about they it commit the fouls that's it that's right it. it takes it takes you out of your game and takes you out of your focus mm-hmm. of the end goal of what it is you're trying to do or what the whatever the the mission is right right and yeah it really is and that's one of the things that i've loved about the money flow and, and I defend it staunchly. I mean, I'll kick people out of my group. The moment it sounds like you disagree with it, you should leave. And because I'm trying to defend it, man, because I know this, I know that it works over time. I know that. And, and I know the markets move in these stages. And, and I know um, trading is more than charts and moving averages. You know, it's, the, it's, it's building that conviction and it's experience and it's time. And... And, and you have to defend it, man. You're going to have to defend, you know, like you're saying, you're going to get emotional. And I do too. I mean, I'm not immune to being upset or sad about, pro- I don't like to see Bitcoin go down. If I'm being honest, mm-hmm. even though I know, I know intellectually, and you may have to have these conversations with yourself. I know the best time to have bought Bitcoin was a penny, right? Yep. That's true. <laughs> so, yep. so. If that was true then, and obviously I don't want it to go to a penny, you, you just have to have these conversations with yourself, man, as, you, as you're dealing with it. And th- inve- once you get the concept that trading and investing is about you continuously putting in, then these, these become opportunities for you. It doesn't mean you don't pull out. I, I was explaining that to a guy yesterday. Like, um, I, I make positive cash flow every month with real estate. Most months, I put it right back in, meaning I, let's say I made a five grand profit this month. I do other things to pay bills. I try to put that as many months as I can right back into the market because I, I want to grow, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, but then sometimes I go, you know what? When we go to Florida this week, man, I want to go all out. I need that money. And then when they give me the money, I take it with me, you know? And, or maybe I refinance a deal or I flip something and I, I take that money home. I've taken plenty of money out of my trading account to go buy a truck or something. Yeah. And then the next day and I get up to trade, you know? I, I think it's also, I think it's important to, to also say here to the community that like, look, you having that cash flow coming to you from real estate right. has, has given you the freedom mm-hmm. to be able to trade, to be able to invest and to also have the patience and the mindset and the poise mm-hmm. 
in these tougher times, right? Because you're not you're not so worried about where the next check is coming from. Your your back's not up again. You know, we all have our own problems too, and I know sure. you have yours too, GP. But um, I think when you have those other avenues, you're not you're not being shackled by just one means of income, right? Mm-hmm. It's super because important. That, yeah. Yeah, because that's also another added pressure that you put on yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And to, to uh, I tell the people that or um, options traders when I when I've got into options too, a lot of people will only buy one option contract, um, and if you're trade your day tra- or even if it's even if it's a, a stock you buy and you're day trading that stock one share at a time, if you're only buying one at a time you are also kind of putting a lot of pressure on yourself too because now you now you're torn between oh do i do i sell this at 30 percent? do i sell it at 60 oh it's at 60 maybe it'll go to 90 oh it's at 90 maybe it'll go to 120. right and that's not and, trading that's mind fucked i mean yeah and so i had always i always tried to give myself leverage give mm-hmm. myself something to where like if look if i can't buy one share if i can only buy one share I don't want to buy it. No, you got to buy in threes. Buy, right. Buy two, three, something that yeah. gives you the leverage, right? I teach I teach you a buy in threes. I don't care if it's three shares, nine shares, 27 shares, increments that can be divided. Mm. And that way, and that way you can follow the principles, which, you know, one of my, I don't, I'm assuming you guys use similar. I don't know everybody's style, but for me, I'm looking at previous highs and I'm looking at the RSI, right? And when, when I'm in a swing trade, I don't care where it's going to ultimately, like when you swing trade, when you get out and then it's like, oh, but I went back up. No shit. Every house you flip goes higher. Meaning a house flipper doesn't get mad that the house value went up next year. Right. He's looking for the next deal to flip. He, and, and I see a lot of traders sabotage their trading because they get, they're worried about a stock that they perfectly swung trade that say they got out and it kept going and they would see that as bad. I'm like, no, you did what you said you were going to do. Here was your target. You got in, you hit it, you exited, took the money. Congratulations. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so if we plan that out, and that's what I try to do. I try to have a plan where if it does keep going or if it starts to turn down. And so I want to sell into strength and you know, if we're going to set stops, let's honor them. And I usually, if I'm trading, I used to do two sets of stops because you know, a lot of times you'll get stopped out and it comes right back. Yeah. I was like, well, fuck, let's play, let's split the difference on that. And I would have a, you know, half a stop on half the position and where most of us would probably put a stop. And then I'd have the other half a little lower, you know, mm-hmm. and, and make it really get down there. Um, yeah. And then you just stick to that formula and don't worry about, you know, what it does after that. Um, that's, you know, that's basic overview of trading, right? Yes. And, and if you, if, if it, let's say I teach you that and we sit down and we look at a chart and like you said, you go buy one call option. Well, well damn, you can't even do what I just showed you, you know? <laughs> so, so you're not trading. And then, and then they'll ask me, what do you think I should do? And I'm like, I don't know. You didn't listen the first time. Like, I, you know, I hate, you know what I hate the most being a teacher? And this is everything. No, but the thing that drives me the craziest, if I had a pet peeve, I don't even mind being heckled too much. I mean, I don't like it, but. You know, I don't like being like, hey, you're, you look fat. Like, I don't like all that stuff. Nobody does. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate when a guy, this drives me crazy. Gerald, I read your stuff and I know you said to do this. Well, I didn't do that. 
And here's what happened. Here's my messed up situation. What should I do? And I'm like, bro, you didn't, you didn't listen the first time. Like, it drives me crazy, man. Because now you're giving me a situation I would have never been in. Right? I wouldn't have been in that trade or I wouldn't have bought that. So it's hard for me to now advise that. Because I don't want to tell you to get out of it. And then it, what if the next day it turns around and goes up? Um, yeah. And so you're, you're putting me in a situation that it's, it's, it's hard to make an, you know, uh, I hate that. Or if you had $100,000, what would you do? And I'd go, i do what I did yesterday. That's my answer to that all the time. What if you had $10,000, what would you do with it? i go, I'd do what I did yesterday. Mm. Meaning I'm doing it every day. Follow along, man. You know, obviously, like, society has conditioned us, social media has conditioned us to sort of have this instant gratification, yeah. instant run-ups, right? Everybody everybody wants to hit on that one trade. Look, and I, and I will just say this to everybody who's on this on this Twitter spaces with, with me and GP is that whether you're trading options, whether you're investing in stocks, like, everybody is going to have their moment True. in the stock market. Everybody's going to have that one trade that transcends the whole trajectory of your life and your family if you just show up and you just stay persistent and you just stick to the principle, the basic fundamental principles of investing. And if you're, if you're losing, and that's right, what you said is 100%. You got to show up every day, right? And if, if you're losing, go smaller, mm. right? Go, go, yeah. go to where we can just have, let's do some base hits, you know? Um, anybody just out like there, in, just like in Moneyball, man. right? Get on base, Get on Get base on man. Base. And you're like, what do you mean? All right, listen, let's take a hundred dollar trade. That would be, let's say three shares of Uber. Cause now we're doing it in threes and you know, and may, maybe if, you know, if you're swing, like if you're a pin on, I don't know your time frame, but let's say it's a, your day trading it. Let's just make a dollar. And you're like, what do you mean? Make a dollar. And then tomorrow make a dollar. And I bet you can't do that five days in a row. Because if you could, we could just add zeros. You know, but the dollar amount seems easier when you, you start bringing it down. I mean, if you think you could make $10 trade, day trade, well, you don't need a lot of money to make $10. Right. Um, I can't day trade, man. And I, I really try to persuade people. And I know that sucks because my, I have friends that are day traders. And I'm good friends with the day trade professor. And, and, and I always joke around that I try to talk people out of being his student. <laughs> and, and I don't mean, and I, and, but I mean, if you were going to day trade, I would want you to listen to him because I know what he's teaching is legit. I just don't think most people mentally or nor do they have the lifestyle to afford to be that. Like, you, yeah, it's, 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 it's hard. Like, if you're, it's if you're, really if, hard. If you're, if you're a day trader, you have to be plugged in to the charts every day. And I, what I shared to And that's all you market. do. Every successful yeah. day trader I've ever met is literally like a junkie. Like yeah. they are so consumed with minute by minute data and the hot stuff. Like, it's a different way of looking in the markets than I do. For me, the times that I would day trade and, and what I share with the people that have reached out to me in, the, in, in my own community also is that Look, if you have that job, you have that nine to five that you're not able to be glued to the yeah. Don't even bother. Like, yeah. There's, well, well, there's also there's also the aspect of it where you have technology at your fingertips, and there's so much software out there. There's so many ways that you can 
you know what 30% is, you know what 10% is, right. whatever it is that you're in. You can automate those sell points. You can automate those stops. Sure. It's funny, not funny, but um, for me, and, you know, losing a child is rough, man. Like, it, it, you know, it's not much harder. I've been in war and had friends die. Um, and like everybody in your life, I mean, you see, there's probably people on here, they live in an area they've seen, they've had seven friends die. Like, because yeah. it's, it's a very violent area or they, you know, grew up in Chicago and abused family and their uncle raped. I mean, there's people that have problems, right? Like legitimate problems. And, and and it and we all will and I've incorporated some of that into my content in the and I'm sure you've noticed that where I'm t- I'm constantly telling people you are going to get punched in the face yeah and and so all this stuff I'm teaching you about you know d- being debt free managing your money getting money into REITs and business you know and trading like all th- none of this is going to matter if I punch you in the face and you can't get back up right and and you know and I use sometimes I use the example of being a king. And I try to see myself like as that, like I run this, this is my little world, my empire and everybody's is different, right? Everybody's is a different size and it doesn't matter though. You have to run yours and this, all of that for me kind of helps a little bit with not so much my self image. I mean, I don't want people to get the idea that I'm overly confident or I have some amazing ability to deal with. I just do it in spite of meaning even now I've suffered severely from depression from losing my son and people will try to help you with this. They'll be like, yeah, man, I get it. I lost my aunt. It's like, bro, there's nothing you could say right now that makes me feel good. So shut the fuck up about it. You know? Yeah. And, and for anybody on here who doesn't know that story, if, if you don't mind sharing. Yeah. Just, yeah. My, my son passed away from a drug overdose. And, and whenever you, you tell that, or if people, sometimes they identify because they lost someone there's nothing that you can say to that person that helps them. Mm. And, you know, I had someone the other, hey, man, my buddy's, you know, whatever died. What should I, something I should say? I'm like, nothing, bro. Like, just tell them if they need something, you're there. They don't need you to relay eight death stories with them. Like, that doesn't help, you know. Uh, I remember when, you know, that doesn't help them. They just need, you know, be there for them if they need you. You know, just say that. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to say, man. If you need something, let me know. And, you know, if it's a child, maybe even a mom and dad. I mean, at at some point, though, like if you're losing an 82-year-old or an 85-year-old parent, I mean, you got to kind of expect that's coming, Mm -hmm. right? It's the ones that you don't expect coming. You're in a car wreck and your wife dies. You know, Mm -hmm. does that mean you can't trade anymore? Are you going to give up on your – for a lot of people, a tragic event like that's going to take them down. For me, and this is me. It was my safety blanket. It was the place I go to be protected is to work on my real estate or into the stock charts. 
Like, that's what keeps me going, man. It has for 20-something years. So the tougher life gets, the more I, I circle around this. <laughs> so for me, it meant I just went to work. Like, I went and worked on what I call the money flow. I went and painted properties. Like, I just take that pain with me, and I want to be alone, and I want to work on what... The one thing that's going to be there tomorrow is that. Like, it, you know... One day I won't be there, but it'll still be there. You know, the, the charts are going to be there no matter what happens in your life in the future. Yeah. What was it? What was it about the real estate? What was it about the market that you dove yourself into Honest, to be able to, to heal in that way? Right. That you found that as, as like the therapy, if you will. Right. Re- really? Because like what I just said, it's bigger than me and you. Mm. Meaning the money flow the MACD, the charts, the price, the opening, no matter what happens, Netflix is going to open tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, I just found great comfort in that. It's like friends that don't go away. This is, these are, it's almost like family for me. Like I, when I own a property and, you know, some people say, I don't take it. I had a follower one semi thing goes, you know, real estate don't, you know, basically what he was, he was repeating what some people say, like, don't get attached to to uh, properties or don't marry a property. Like he was trying to be, you know, a lot of gurus will say that. Right. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm pretty attached to my shit. I don't know, you know. Um, you know what I mean? Like I'm, yeah, yeah. It, ain't a, it ain't a toy. It's not a, a apron at a restaurant. This is the fucking building that we're in, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, it's, I'm pretty attached to it. And so I've always just found s- comfort in it, and when I hated my job, and I had, I worked as a Texas prison guard. Okay, I don't know what job anybody, everybody else have here. It's a shitty job, dude. You're you're dealing with the scrudge of humanity. That, and the one I was at was called the Gladiator Farm because they were all gangbangers and drug dealers from from the Houston and and they and they would segregate the young bucks from the older guys, and. And, you know, you, if you've been anywhere around a prison, it's not, it's not fun for anybody there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit, man. Imagine doing this for... And what would give me comfort was working on my rental properties. Like, I would take... When I wasn't at the prison, I would be working on my houses. And I'm like, man, I'm outside. The sun's out. I'm on a ladder. All the shit people complain about feels good to me. Like, I'm not being paid to paint the house. I own the house. That's different. <laughs> time when you were when you had that um that job in texas that you were able to pass along that knowledge that really stuck with somebody in there um yeah i mean i had a couple guys pick up on it when i started coming to work in a bmw and they're like what the fuck man and i'm like what and they're like your car i was like yeah nice right and because you're in your 30s you know i was more into cars and shit like that than i am now Mm -hmm. and uh and, uh, but I'm working as a prison guard, you know, and, and we're paid like 28000 a year at the most, you know, and, and I'm driving a $40,000 car that I paid cash for. And that was because of real estate, not my job. And, mm. and so for me, it's just always been my friend, my, you know, my thing I could do. I could, I could touch it and even stocks too with charts. I mean, like, like I own, I, I can't, there's, Thinking about selling Bitcoin right now makes me want to puke. Like, 
I'm such a, like I want so much more that I've, I have comfort in, in it and watching it on the chart. And I think that's a different level, right? Like you're, it becomes spiritual. And so in times of pain, in times of crisis, I don't have to be talked into that. That's my go-to. It, it brings me comfort, man. It helps me get through tough times. I mean, I don't know what I, I don't know how I would have got through losing my son if it wasn't for real estate properties. I, I worked on, I just worked every day on properties. Um, I don't know how I would have done it, man. I don't know. What would I have done? Just sat in the living room and cry? I, mean, I don't know. You know, like, yeah, I need these things. How is, uh, how's your mindset and your preparation and motivation from like when you, when you had first gotten into things, how has that evolved? It's super, it's super, super important, man. I mean, I spend, you should spend an inordinate amount of time working on your vision, your personal mindset and your belief system, you know, um, to where it becomes second nature. Like you should be a person that believes opportunities come to you. Mm -hmm. Um, You should be a person that believes you're lucky. Like you should be a person that's grateful. Like these things, right? And in order to be that way, you have to practice it, man. You know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, like um, I had a mentor, Elizabeth Kemp, that I I trained with at the actor studio when I did my my master's degree and all of the commercial work, stage work, film work, TV work, whatever, I would send her all the scripts and, you know, we had private sessions together, you know, coaching sessions and things like that. And she was just a good friend, a great mentor, but she had always said to me and the work that I was doing is, is staying rooted in your truth. Right. And it, it just translated so much into to building characters and um, unraveling story, right? And, and I've... I've paralleled that in the same way that I've tried to at least make an impact in the wealth squad as a, as a provider there. And then also in my, just my own personal life, investing and trading on a daily basis or weekly basis rather. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think it's, I think it's really important just like with what you said is that when you stay rooted in that truth and you stay rooted in your purpose, what if, if you don't know what your purpose is, it's hard for you to really, right find that foundation to build on right right i think everyone has a similar purpose so whenever i meet someone's well i don't know my purpose i'm like well we all have some basic similar purposes like to serve other people mm-hmm. and a lot of times what do you mean by that man like a waiter maybe i don't know maybe for you it's playing the violin maybe for you it's being an actor like through the way we make money we serve other people mm-hmm. and if there there's an you could get in an Uber. I mean, have you ever done this? You get in an Uber and it's just a nicer experience than another. Yeah. Right. That guy yeah. served you, right? And yeah, you get you get in one who doesn't have anything. They, it kind of smells a little like bo and right. And it's a negative environment. He's on the yeah. phone with somebody else. He completely yeah. blocked you out. Yeah, but then you get in the one that's got like bottled water, and you got mints, and you got candy, right. you got video games, you got all this, you got all the phone charges, you got everything. So it's a completely different experience. Yeah, I get one, the guy asked me what I did, and I said it, and he hands me back his card, and he does audio, video stuff, so we're having a little, I mean, that's a different experience, like, he served me, you know, and I, and I yeah. felt obligated to tip him when I got out, like, and, and I was like, wow, that's service, that's, and I'm grateful, and th- that's it in practice, right, it's, it's, yeah. it's, um, and I, I've tried to do that, that's why, like, I'll do pop-up meet and greets, and I'm like, look, 
just come to this bar and you can ask me whatever. Now, some people, they're like, I don't have any reason to ask this guy anything. All right, well, it's not, not for you, right? Don't ask me. And uh, the next guy may be like, holy shit, man. Gee, let me, dude, I just got this. Ha-. Like, you know what I mean? And, and they're telling me about a property. I, I, Instagram has the subscription thing. And I, I did that just to test it out. That's it. I'm in it, man. Okay. It. Appreciate yeah, that. In. And, and of it's cool because when I go live, there's only, instead of being 200 people, there's just like 30 or 20. And there's yeah. no bots. And I recognize the names. And I'm like, man, this is cool, right? It's, it's because if you get over, you know, over 100, 120,000 followers, you got all, people can get lost in that mix, man. Yeah, there's a real, there's a real intimacy with that. Right. That I think, you know, as you being the content creator, you putting out uh, the value, right? We appreciate that in the terms of these are the people who really want to learn that they see the value in it. Right. It's obviously nine books. You know, it's, if that's, too much for you then yeah that's what i told a guy i had a guy get mad at me I'm like, bro i'm still doing free shit like my book's yeah. free like relax relax you there's, can, a, there's you just know? a different level to it and, and i look at this too right. like when i've when i've coached other actors voiceovers whatever and in in the market too of when i raised prices also the quality of your client right. is better it ticks and, down for sure it, i would rather talk stocks with someone in say the money flow gang than just some random guy on instagram because right. I know this guy honestly wanting to do it. This guy's just a guy asking me a question. Doesn't mean I don't want to answer that guy's question. It's just the value of the transaction for me, too. Yeah, I think one of the most disappointing things that I've found within myself and the people that I've tried to help, everybody wants help, right? Everybody wants to know what your secret sauce right. is, the recipe for success and all of that stuff. And then when you start giving these little gems away to people, they take it. They absorb it, but they don't do anything with it. And I know you and Chris talked about the execution side of it. Um, right. And, and we've talked about this a lot, is that it doesn't matter what your mindset is. It doesn't matter what your motivation is. If you're not willing to put in the work and execute on the principles, the techniques, whatever it is, then it doesn't really matter. And I was always disappointed with the people that I would have sessions with or coach and follow back up on the follow-through, check mm. up. How's X, Y, and Z going that we worked on? And, you know, sort of in a sense, giving them homework to do. I want to see where you're at. This is a little test to see what you're willing to do and, you know, how far you're willing to stretch yourself to get to where you want to go. And I would say probably almost 85% didn't ever complete any of the follow-through or they they backslid off of the follow-through. And that's not to say, like... Why do you think that is, though? What is... Is it... I don't think... Because I don't think it's all like, say, let's say laziness. It's definitely not that. Oh, no, absolutely. Some not. of these no, people are hard workers at being, yeah. a, at being a nurse. They're great. You know what I mean? They're hardworking nurses or hardworking, mm-hmm. you know, truck driver. But on that, there's, like you said, some reason the follow through, the execution fell off. Yeah, I, I, think, I think part of it might be also in the same sense. It's like when we create goals right right it's not really the goal that we're looking to accomplish what what the real thing that needs to happen is to create better habits and so if you've got these if you've got these really big goals that you're trying to accomplish for yourself but you don't have the personal habits that align with any of those goals then you're going to have a hard time getting through any of those so you know it could have been the lack of good habits, but it also could have been, I think, 
you know, earlier talking about just just those little things within the knowledge and the education of maybe they don't fully understand like that support and resistance in the charts. Mm-hmm. And there's that one little piece of information that they're missing or uh, it could be fine-tuned to improve their process or, you know, whatever that is. There's so many other variables for that. But um, I think a it, lot of it, though, is life steals it, man. Of course. Like yeah. the people around them. I was doing this thing and I, I come back to it often. On I call it the nine thoughts on getting rich. Mm. And thought number three is you have to structure your life around it. Yep. And it means if, if, if the things around you have to be conducive to your success. Mm-hmm. I was reading a thing one time with Shaquille O'Neal. At three o'clock, Shaquille O'Neal takes a nap. You know, it was one o'clock, three o'clock, whatever it was. It was a certain time of day. Mine's at 2.30, man. If I don't get my 2.30 nap, man, I am roasted. I'm worthless, man. Everyone around him, your ass will be fired Mm -hmm. if you don't assist in this nap happening. Meaning everything stops. You know what I mean? There's no phone calls. There's no, you know, everyone there stops what they're doing and makes sure this happens. And I'm like, that guy literally, number three, structures his life around winning at at, you know, basically his version of getting rich, right? Because mm-hmm. you can get rich a lot of ways. But whichever way it is you do it, your life has to be... If you meet anybody that plays in the NFL or meet a Navy SEAL or meet anybody that's successful at something, their life is structured around it. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to step into, you know, investing, even on the smallest level, if you're going to do, say, real estate investing, your life changes. And when I coach people, I'm always... I don't want to say always, 70% of the time I'm disappointed in the call. And I don't obviously verbalize that. I don't tell them I'm disappointed in you. But it's always, how, Gerald, how can I do all of these things without structuring my life around it, is what they're asking me. Yep. I mean, they're, they're literally asking, what's the hack, dude? And I'm like, there's no hack. They're, like, they're trying to find a way around the structure in your life around it. Because, well, I have this going and I have that going, you know? Yeah, let me let me ask you that same question. Why do you think that that is? I don't know. The, I mean, almost the first thing they ask me when it comes to like outsourcing this and you know who's going to do that, and I'm like, you, you're going to do that, like you, mm-hmm. like, and it it, it it is so disappointing because I'd love to have the call. It's like, dude, I'll do every fucking thing. I'll crawl in my goddamn belly. What the fuck do I need to do? Like, yeah, those are, that's those the are call the that. Ones. Yeah, and I rarely get that. It's all. Gerald, how do I work this around this? And I'm like, fuck that. It works around you. I mean, the moment you make everything work around you, that's how you become, you know, an actor. That's how you become, you know, a famous musician. Is Elton John doesn't work around things. Yeah. Right? When he's he's the force in the room, right? Yeah, it was you know, when I when I moved to New York City, I, I moved here to, to get my, my master's in acting. That, that was the reason I, I had moved here. But I also, like, I obviously wanted to work in the business, and I wanted to work as much as possible before that happened and then also while I was there and then afterwards. And I, everybody that lives here seems like they're in the entertainment industry. And so for me, it was really about how am I ever going to get cast in anything if nobody knows who I am? And so right. I literally... I, I just started, I didn't have a whole bunch of credits. I mean, I, I had some, I, I think I had under 10 credits when I moved here. Um, but I sent all of my stuff to everybody, every single casting director in town, 
um, not so much to agents because agents aren't going to hire you. And, you know, if you don't, it's changed now. They probably, they, they, they'll take a, a better chance on you now. But right. back then it was really about, do you have really strong credits? And if you didn't, they wouldn't really give you the time of day. And so for me, it was about the casting directors. The gatekeepers are the people who actually hire you. And then the production companies and that sort of thing. So I sent all of my information to everybody in town because I told myself, if they don't know that Michael Crow exists, they're never going to cast me in anything. Mm -hmm. So the only way for me to do that is to put all of my stuff out. And, and that same work ethic, that same singleness of purpose, that same focus is what I really have tried to instill in myself and right. the community that I've, you know, that I'm helping Chris build in, in Wealth Squad with just uh, staying rooted in that. Yeah. I mean, you, 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 you it, and it's it affects what you watch on TV, right? It affects. Mm -hmm. um, now, obviously, you're going to make concessions. You know, I get it. I can't make you know my family watch you know the bi the big short all the time. I mean, you got to <clears throat> have limits to that, but it definitely needs to. Your life structures around it. I don't. If you're going to be a trader, you 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 got to consume it, man. It's got to be. A lot of it's got to become a natural extension of what you do. Like at some point, you're not learning, you're executing, and and you're always learning. Don't misunderstand me, but you're more about execution than learning. You know, um, mm -hmm. I mean, I am. I learn all the time. Most of the time, though, I'm not learning so much as rereading, re-repeating. You know, um, I mean, I, I, me and you both are into musical instruments. I played guitar my whole life. I can make noise. You know. Um, and I've recently yeah. started playing the harmonica and you know, the harmonica is about repeating and repetition. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the same like with the piano. Most right. songs are all made up of four to six chords. That's it. And it's just repeated the whole time. Right. And so the way I get good at playing the harmonica is I play through those chords, different w sequences, different ways, different, and, and you just repeat it and you get up and you do it and you just, and you just don't have to be asked and you just start fucking doing it and you keep doing it. <laughs> like, after a while, it just becomes something you do, man. Like, um, like carrying a cell phone. None of us think about taking our phone. We just assume we're taking it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. it's part of your body, almost. Like for me, like when I leave, I mean, I'm, I'm sure everybody else is the same. I'm grabbing my earbuds. I'm grabbing my phone, right? And, and my in your wallet. And for me now, it's a it's a harmonica. Like it just becomes part of what I'm doing. And I think trading's the same. Like. The reason I'm grabbing my phone isn't to talk to people on the phone. It's so I can look at stock charts. I don't give a fuck about talking to somebody on the phone. Like, like I, I do talk to people on the phone, but the reason that I want my, my, I need to be connected to the internet and to, yeah. to be able to do content and look at charts. I mean, and I've done Instagram the same way. Like once I decided I was going to do it, I changed my entire life, dude. I don't know if people know this. I don't, people don't, I don't walk around with a camera for fun. Like I wasn't doing that before I decided I wanted to teach on Instagram. Mm -hmm. and, and, and when I go places, it's uncomfortable for pe other people at times. Cause I'm like, Oh, stop, hold on. And I grab a camera and you know what people who aren't into Instagram do? They get all fucking weirded out. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just, you know, our whole society, our whole culture has been, has, has been just so susceptible to it now. Right. I got just, friends in New Orleans who'll be like, why don't you relax, man? You don't need to take a picture of everything. And I go, really? Yeah. Is that your advice? 
the difference is I'm trying to grow an audience, dummy. You're not. So yeah, right. their life isn't structured around this. So they're not following the nine steps on getting rich on Instagram, right? Like, or the nine steps on, be, you know, becoming a great trader. They're not doing that. They're not trying to grow their audience to half a million people. So their life isn't structured around that. And so you got to be careful. Should I listen to him? Should I take advice from a guy not trying to do that? Yeah, there was, there was just something uh, that I saw earlier this morning from Brad Leah. Um, he, he had said, look, the more hands you shake, the more money you make. Right. It's all about like just networking and getting in the room with the right people. And here's, here's the thing, too, is that I, I think a lot of people don't really understand that like a lot of your life revolves around positioning yourself. Mm-hmm. to get in the rooms with the right people. That's, you know, that's what it was for me with, with the entertainment business was how can I position myself to get in the casting director who shoots Law & Order? How can I get in the, the room for the casting director who shoots Billions? You do, you do great at it, though. Right? You do great at meeting people. I mean, do you practice that? Or is that just naturally your flow? Like, did you have, be honest, did you have moments where you're like, all right, when I meet someone, like, do you think like that? Do you go through this in your head? I'm not always. I mean, there there were there were times too, like when I first started and I did and I was a noob in the business and I didn't really know anything. Mm-hmm. That's really what it was for me. I was just nervous and I was a little shy. I didn't, you know. But you're super but, personable. I mean. Yeah, and I, and I think a lot of it for me is like, look, people don't make eye contact right. anymore. People don't shake hands. People don't make eye contact. But Mm -hmm. there's a whole, I would always go into those rooms or even when I would talk to people about business, like I want to know what you're doing in business. I want to know about your military experience, your investing. Like I genuinely care. I'm not talking to you to pull value out of you so that I can get something for me. Like people love to talk about themselves and people love to, I've I've learned this, the, the wealthier people that I have in my life mm-hmm. that I've met love to share their knowledge. Oh, I love it, dude. I love, and I meet with, you know, followers all the time. And yeah, and it's, I love it's one doing of those, it. It's one of those things where a lot of people don't ask the meaningful questions mm-hmm. or they ask one-sided questions, right? Of, you know, when a lot of people always say they want to pick my brain, they want to meet yeah, up, I hate that. coffee, lunch. Same, like, it's cool. We'll get to the stocks part of it all, like, at some point. But I want to know about your life. I want to know what drives you. I want to know your background. I want to know about your family. Like those things for me, like that's being a human being. It's that real connection for and, me. And you know what's funny about that? I was I get that too about pick your brain. Like, and I'll buy you lunch. They act like I can't afford lunch or something. <laughs> like, oh wow, you're gonna get buy lunch? All right, let me yeah. stop all my work that I'm doing over here to go sit down. But that yeah, aside, because no, I, I do do that from time to time. Yeah, of course. Uh, like we understand, we understand like the sentiment behind it all, right? Like, the gesture of like them just being kind. Yeah. But there's a, there's a real aspect of it too that you recognize that it's it's there's so much of it is one sided in that way because they're coming to you to sit down with you to have lunch or whatever to have a meeting to talk about right stocks. The thing you're the expert in. Well, I want to talk about what you're the expert in. What it, what it, what do you do? Like what what are the things that drive you outside of? the market well and i always yes exactly because that's what's going to drive you in the market right like what is the mm-hmm. yeah, i could teach you charts that doesn't mean you're gonna be a good trader right right it's it's all the intangibles that you can't really teach someone that they're going to develop but the one thing about that too, pick your brain it's funny to me because i always think 
if this is what I think in my head, I always think like, you know, the questions to even ask me, mm-hmm. like you're making the assumption, you know, the right questions. Maybe you'd get more out of the encounter if you don't try to, you know, have the questions, like just be listening, mm-hmm. right? Listen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, yeah. And just let that develop because a lot of times people's questions are the wrong questions. You know, they're, yeah. they're starting in the wrong place. It's like, man, you got to back up a little, man. Yeah, I remember you I remember you on live not too long ago and people were asking you real estate questions and you were like, you don't need to know that. Yeah, you, most people are too stupid and not qualified. Like, you don't even need to know that answer, right? You got things to fix before you get there. Because the first thing I'll ask people when they were wanting to, I want to do real estate. Okay, what about you when I meet you tells me that? Like, what in your life have you changed to do that? Like, you, at some point, you have to start giving evidence to these things you want. Meaning, it's it's around you, right? Like, when you want to do style, it starts to be around you. The things, the items, and the... And so I'll be like, well, what's your credit score? And it's like, they're not sure. It's like, bro, come on. Like, this is point one. You got to have good credit. Like, like that's the fix, right? We got to fix that. And then, then we'll go to step two, you know? Had a guy the other day, he, he was wanting to do real estate and he's been lying on his taxes for five years and he, and he, mm. he claims 27,000 a year, but he's actually making 150, you know, wow. who, who's that guy go to a lawyer for advice? Like, what does he do to, and I'm like, uh, you gotta go, you gotta start reporting. Like no one's going to loan a guy that makes 25,000 a year money to buy a four unit building. Right. Like due to your deception, you're now not qualified to get rich. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, I was trying to tell him, you got to, you, you got to fix that. Like you can't, that's too low a number. And, you know, and, but that's probably, he's probably dealing with something else too, right? Like there's, there's more going on there. Of course. Yeah. And, and I, and I think, uh, you know, like all of us, we, we have those moments where it really weighs on us and it's, you know, it bogs us down in in our in our process and you know what it is we're doing. Mm-hmm. What are what are what are some of those things that you do for yourself to bounce back from those moments for yourself when whenever like what's a bad day for for GP? Oh, and I have them, dude. Uh, man, there's days I wake up and think, man, I am done with this Instagram, YouTube shit. Mm. And then you know, and then I go post something. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I do that too, man. There's days that I'm like, fuck this. I'm not doing this anymore. You know, I don't need to. And I, but it, and it's not because I'm mad at someone. It's because I'm doubting my own self, man. Like, you know, I wasn't trained to be a speaker. I'm not trained to be a book writer. You know, no one trained me to be a day trader or even a stock trader. I just, I read lots of books, took in information and, and began, you know, started putting the money flow together and, and, I think everybody deals with that. The, 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 but what helps me a lot now, obviously, is the money flow gang. Like having, a, I'm responsible to some people. So, and I, te- I teach this. It's funny. One of, to become rich in real estate, you have to be a responsible person. Like you have to raise your hand and say, I'll take on a lot of responsibility. And, and, and so, what if you've lived a life where you're trying to avoid responsibility? That means we got to work on ourselves first, right? Like we got to be a person that takes on responsibility, man. And I think doing that is helps me a lot because when I feel like I don't, I, I mean, I'll post, I, the other, here's, here's the weird thing. I posted a video the other day. It's got 17,000 views, right? 
Mm-hmm. Now, some people say, well, I don't care about views. All right, dummy, but I'm doing this as a business, so you don't get to talk into that. Like, it's important. Like, if you do a movie, you need people to watch the movie for them to let you keep making movies. So you're dealing mm-hmm. with that, but at the same time, not caring. But so I did a video, it gets 17,000 views, and then the next one gets 200. And that'll play with your mind, man. Or you, or you get a series and they're, you know, they're just not doing well, or you're not, no one's responding, or the market's going straight down, or you, know, you just keep arguing with your wife. You start getting all this stuff, you get down on yourself, man. Everybody does, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just go back to the basics, man. I, I, you know, I, I, right beside me right now is the book, The Science of Getting Rich. I have dozens of copies of this. I got them, two at my house in New Orleans. Everyone in my house has multiple copies of that book. And then my book, You Don't Have to Die Broke, I, have, I keep those with me, man. I don't even need to read them. Just looking at them reminds me of the basic principles. Mm-hmm. Did, yeah, did you get what I said there? Yeah. Like, I carry a Bitcoin. You ever see me hold it up? (laughs) All that is is conviction building, man. I don't need to look Mm -hmm. at it. It's in my pocket, you know? Mm -hmm. And just the fact that it's there gives me conviction. And so I try to keep trinkets and sayings and memes and whatever you want to call them, motivation. Like, I try to keep that stuff close at hand and use it as a friend, you know? Mm -hmm. It's good, too. Like, I watch your stuff. You always post a lot of motivational uh, comments and quotes and... Uh, you know, and, and, and being that I know you, when you say it, that helps, man, that helps me. Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of, a lot of the stuff too is all stuff I need to say to myself. Right. I know that. I know probably when you post something super motivating, you're probably not feeling that great that day. (laughs) Yeah. It's one of those things like it's it's really, you know, and, and that's like, this is the reason why I love Twitter so much is that you can, you can post these things and you really see like there's a real universal language of how people really respond to some of those inner thoughts that we all have these right. same thoughts together. Um, how many, so, out of curiosity, how many people have gone from a stranger on the internet to either you talk to them on the phone or they're inside your actual cell phone text messages? There's a few, right? I, yeah, there are. There are there are a few that have reached out and, and some of them have reached out to me with some pretty, pretty powerful stories of like just redemption and just really trying to do their best and um you know and i've reached out to them and i've given them my number and i said look you can call me anytime you can text me anytime whatever and you know if you're ever in the city let's meet up and let's have lunch it's me saying look let's have lunch i want to pick your brain i want to know about your process i want to know like how can i how can i help you dig yourself out there's something within whatever they said that i really resonated with on a personal level and um, you know, the percentage of those people is really small, but there, there are a few for sure. You're look, you're one of them too. Yeah. And you're you on know? mine. You're obviously one of mine. And, yeah. and I, and I have a lot, man. I have a lot of, um, it's funny. Like I may, I'll get a text and the guy, I know he's worth 10 million mm. and I'll talk to him. And then the next text is a kid that I know is worth like mm. 10,000 mm-hmm. maybe. You know, he, he's 21. Him and his wife just had a baby, just got a new job. And he's like, I think I should do this 401k. And like, you know, and then the other guy owns 88 houses. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking to both of them, you know. And and they both have, like we said in the beginning, they both have problems and issues and, 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 and similar questions at times, you know. It's, 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 a, it's cool, man. It is cool from, from, from my perspective. And, Anyone I've ever 
anyone's ever like I've done that live of, and I, which I want to have you at my live event in New Orleans. Hey um, man, so, uh, text text me all the the deets of whenever that comes up. I I saw you post that the other day. Right, and what's cool about those again is small people. It's not expensive, but then when those I get to meet them, and they all have a story, you know, and like I want to I want to hear it, even if it's good. Like brag away, baby. Let me hear it, you know. And yeah. or it's like a redemption, like you said, or it's hey, I'm just getting started. But it's a similar bond, and and they know that my response or conversation with them is only their prosperity. That's it. That's all I care when I, if somebody comes to talk to me, or they're at a live event. The only thing I care about is they leave a better investor with more conviction, with hopefully their their questions answered, right? Yeah. And and in every meeting, that's what I hope and that they leave more inspired and I'll give them my cell phone number. And I say, listen, we're friends now and maybe in the future you can help me, you know? And so get this yesterday, or was it yesterday? The other day there's a guy he's, you know, I've talked with and everything. He's a guitar roadie, like a guitar tech for Godsmack and for other big bands. So he's out with Offspring right now. They're coming to Houston. Send me a thing. Goes, you know, hey, G, you want to get backstage? You want to meet the band? And I was like, you know, I do. (laughs) That's awesome, man. But yeah, that network comes from me, like helping him. You know, he inherited. He, dude, he wakes up and he's he's inherited one point three million dollars. Anyway, I'm not a financial advisor, so I can't advise him on what to buy, but I can sit him down and tell him what I'd be thinking. Yeah, and it's and it's one of those it's you know relationships like that they're just so special, man. Mm-hmm. And I pointed him to the right advisor, and I told him what they should say to him if they're good, and and we just had a conversation on what a wise man. If if I woke up today with one point three million, what would I do? I would do what I did yesterday, right? I would start to implement it into the money flow. I would begin to acquire real estate. I would do the exact same shit I'm doing. And, and, but he doesn't, he wasn't doing that one day and now he has this huge burden, responsibility of 1.3 million and he wants to make it work, you know? Yeah. Um, And, and you know, and I was like, here, it's really what my advice was, what to be on, what to avoid. Like here's, you could just put it in the S and P 500 and here's shit you should not do. Like go into an unusual business with your friend who's never been successful at a business. Don't do that. Like, don't do those things. Do smart things, you know? Yep, and, exactly. Yeah, and in, in, in later you can do the dumb shit with your friend. Do that out of, do that out, do those things out of, out of abundance, not out of, you know, the basics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And, it, you know, and I, and I think that a lot of it, too, is that, I, that I've seen also is that rather than moving in this space of abundance, a lot of people are moving in the space of desperation. And when oh, yeah. you're moving in that space of desperation, that's where it really works against you in that way, right? You get emotional in all of your trades. You make emotional decisions mm-hmm. instead of instead of making moves with strategy. You right. make them with your emotions instead, and then that's it ends up getting the best of you. Tim Tim Grover, I think, said it in his book, um, Relentless. I think it is um, about really just being the master of your emotions. We, we have never made any sound decisions when we've made emotional decisions. Yeah. The, the, the best decisions are always made, like when we're calm and we're collected, we have our bearings. Think about it in the times we've fought with significant others or, you know, friends, whatever. We end up never saying 
something that we want to in those scenarios. There's always something else that, you know, right. that happens. So it's something to consider and to think about is, you know, people are trading and uh, going about their daily life in the stock market. It's, the, it's There's no difference. It parallels that life too. It really does. And, you, and, you know, yeah, it it really does, man. You know, back to what we were saying in the beginning, I, I feel like I have defended or fought for the right to be a trader slash investor. And, you know, that would include stocks and real estate. And to pursue these things on the side, most of the money that I got that made me a multimillionaire, and I'm not an uber, uber rich guy. I'm nowhere near as rich as Chris. But it's the exact same formula, you know, and I'm worth more than three million bucks. That's how much I have invested in on the street making money. Mm-hmm. And when you have that money, it begins to grow exponentially. Right. Like you saw where I posted uh, housing prices were up 20 percent this year. Well, if you own a bunch yeah. of them, you know, your, 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 your net worth's going up dramatically. Yeah, really quickly. And it begins to multiply and if you own a lot of stocks it it begins to multiply and i've tried to defend defend my ability to do that like to fight for it um because the world will try to take it from you man the world does not and i don't when i say the world it's not a conspiracy there's not someone at the head of it just everything in life is 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 trying to stop you in in its own way from from ending up with abundance Mm-hmm. But it also will assist you at the same time, man. Yeah, it def- you know, like when you when you have that intention when you, right. you know, that you that you've talked about, when you have that intention, when you put that out there, when you start moving, and whatever it is that purpose is of yours, everything else starts to move in that same way. You start meeting the friends that you need to meet. You start meeting the influencers you need to meet. You start mm-hmm. meeting the business people you need to meet. It's crazy, you know. It's crazy how it all works. But that's how it always ends up working. I think we can all attest to that. We can look back in our lives to that moment of transition for ourselves of this person that we met or this room that we got into that really uh, changed that whole trajectory for us. And it was because, just like you said, we started to build our life around whatever that was for us. Whatever it was we wanted to do, we built our life around it. We, We positioned ourselves to put us in that room you know, it, mm-hmm. it, it ends up being a culmination of all those little decisions. Darren Hardy has a book, The Compound Effect. Right. I got it's that fantastic book. fantastic book. And it's, yeah, and it's, it, it should be on everybody's bookshelf. And it's just about that 1%, those small little decisions, how they add up and they compound. And they're a direct result of, you know, you where you are now is a direct result of all of those little 1% decisions that you've made mm-hmm. over a period of time. It, oh, man. It's it's super powerful because it that principle is kind of like Pareto's principle, like it mm-hmm. it it literally it really does apply across everything, whether mm-hmm. it was working out in the gym to trading to everything, man. It, it really does, man. <clears throat> Net, yeah, I, networking and reaching out. It, something I would say, if if you're a person listening and you ever try to communicate with influencers a lot of them you know they're just people on the internet right they're just people that post and talk and 
if you get where you're talking, like I get them where they'll, they'll text me or something like somehow they, cause I put my number out there, you know, and it always makes me laugh cause it'll just be a number, man. Or, or it's an emoji with no face, you know? And it's like, if you ever want to be continue with that person, you have to tell them who you are, like, and remind them. And, and I do that a lot. People have me, Hey man, it's GP. Like I tell them who, who it is, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, otherwise it's, it's cause dude, I'll get a hundred DMS a day, you know? Yeah. I don't remember upside down, you know, bulldog, like, like it's, if you don't know who people are, man, and, and it's, uh, on my end that can get tough, but, but then like me and you talk all the time. So I, you know, I got your picture on in there and then you get to, you get to know who they are, man. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've gotten networked in with people. Like you were saying, we're talking about networking to where I don't just roll up on an influencer and go, Hey, let's be friends. Like mm -hmm. I'll usually watch them and then I'll send them a message. Hey man, I appreciate what you're doing, you know? And then I'll sit, I'll hit them again. And then, you know, like, let's, let's build this up. And then I like, Hey, you want to, and, and, and we work it. Right. And, yeah. and then you, through that process, you may think, man, I don't think I'd get along with this guy. Like we, you know, we're just not clicking or vibing. It's not there. Then you move on, you know? Um, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a common ground that you got to find mm -hmm. with the, with the people that, you know, whoever, whoever resonates with you. And, and look, a lot of the times too, is that, there's a lot of times where people don't say anything at all. Like I remember somebody, <laughs> yeah. at, somebody at your meetup that, you know, obviously came up, they introduced myself, they were in the wealth squad, but they didn't even introduce themselves to you. They're like, Oh, that's GP. Or is that really GP? Like they were, <laughs> it was like, they were just in awe of you being there. Mm -hmm. I get that sometimes. It always makes me laugh, but at the same time, it's kind of, uh, it's cool, right? It's humbling. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. one of those things that just like having the courage to go up. Yeah. If, the great thing about Twitter is this, is that celebrities, influencers, people who are in business, whatever, they use their Twitter. They, oh, yeah. They'll communicate. They'll respond back. They'll answer DMs or either them or their people will, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, Dude. if you want to work with so-and-so, if you want to get into the space of real estate or you want to get into the space of basketball, acting, whatever, whoever it is you want to work with and collaborate with, ask him a lot of people just don't ask yeah there's a guy he may be on here he works for coors everybody knows i love coors right wow this he, man probably sent you a case yeah he works coors. there God. yeah and he's he's in doing investing and, and uh well he's he's head of in the area in new orleans in french quarter mm -hmm. so he's there man he sends me a message and goes hey uh i'm the you know it starts with that. Hey, I'm the head of Coors distri Distribution, blah, 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 in this area. You want to meet up? I'm like, yeah, I would love to. Like, so he, you know, he used that connection. Now, he's just an employee there. Like, he doesn't own the damn place, you know? Mm -hmm. And he used that to, you know, because he knew I liked that. And then, and we met and we, you know, we ended up getting along. Now he's in my phone with his name, you know? Mm -hmm. And and then he'll send me, a, you know, and then the next thing I know, he sends, he goes, dude, I'm looking at this property. And I'm like, yeah. And I, I take my time. I go pull it up on Zillow. I look around. And I do a, you know, a little bit of a, a look at it, you know. Mm -hmm. And then I text him back. I'm like, looks good. Here's a couple things you might want to, you know, look at. I didn't like on this picture, you know. Went back and forth, right? So now we've, we've made a friend. And then a little while later, hits me up. Hey, man, 
I got, you want tickets to, uh, to Jazz Fest? I was like, yeah, I would, I would love tickets to Jazz Fest. And, yeah, and I'm like, this guy's becoming my best friend. Like, you know, and obviously kidding aside, but he worked his way into my life. Right. Obviously, he had motives, but the way he did it was, was smooth. It was, it was nice. It was complimentary. And I'm just thinking, wow, that's how you network, man. And I've done it, too. I did it with, uh, you know, I've gotten to talk with the Wall, uh, 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 the, what do you, Wall Street Trapper a few times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just slid up in his DMs and I said, hey, man, GP. Um, and I, same thing. I would respond to his content. I'd send him some nice things. And then I said, hey, I asked him 35 times, are you in New Orleans? And he'd be like, mm-hmm. no. I'd see something, I'd see a post, and I'd be like, are you in New Orleans? No. And we went back and forth, man. This has been going for a year. Dude, I'm telling you, 30 times I've sent him a message. Get, get this. I'm sitting at my house. My phone buzzes. And I wanted to hook up. He's got a million followers, you know? Yeah. And he talks stocks. Shit, I'm trying to do like everybody else. I'm hustling too. And, and I, my phone, I look over and I see a message and it said, Walt, and I click it. And it was Wall Street Trap. He goes, hey, I'm in New Orleans today. You here? And I was like, oh, snap. Man, that's great. And so then I'm like, oh, shit. I got to. Okay, we got to do something. I got like I got one hour to figure out how to make some content out of this. Mm-hmm. I oh, shit, I'm charging phones, getting my backpack. Do I got my mic? Like, <laughs> like it's game on, man. We got to go make some content. And my wife's like, "What?" I'm like, "Get, let's go, man. Get your shit together." Wall Street trappers, <laughs> dude. And I'm immediately taken off for that to go hook up with him, man. And and if I can get him on camera, and that's just hustling, right? I'm rich. I don't need yeah. to do that. I'm rich. Yep. I don't need to do that. Like, well, that's, and that's also like that collaboration, that connection right there. Mm-hmm. I know the people have been waiting for that forever. Right. Right. That whole connection. And so whenever that, you know, and I know Wall Street had talked about a couple of times where he, he never, you know, he tries to post things in real time and give locations away and all of this stuff. Yeah. Like he's real uh, private about all of that stuff. I, but yeah, I fucked up, yeah. though. I fucked up. He told <laughs> he told me in the moment. Well, I, t- I take it back. I had four hours. He told me at noon, and he said, I'm doing a gas giveaway. For one hour, anyone that pulls up, I'm going to pay for their gas. Mm. And I'm like, no shit, bro. I, I almost replied, you want me to go in on it without even thinking, like just trying to be cool, you know? Yeah. And, and then I'm like, oh, I'm glad I didn't do that. That one hour, that's probably $10,000. Like, yeah. So I, I, luckily, I didn't reply with that comment. And, uh, but it was a promotion he was doing. So I'm like, all right, I got to come up. I got to get in this. Got to get a little. And so I went down there. I well, I immediately tweeted, start posting on Instagram that I'll be at his thing. And he hit me back and goes, dude, I haven't told anybody. Take that shit down. Dang. <laughs> so Dang. I, I had to take it down. And then uh, we ended up going over there. And But, man, he, he's doing it in a big way. Like, he, yeah. he was pretty clear. Nah, you're not just rolling up on the platform. It ain't going to work like that. Yeah. But guess what? I'm going to try again. But, you know, it's it's one of those collaborations that I, I know myself, man, I, I would be locked in to seeing, too, and, and taking copious notes, too. Like, that's... You know what it was, right? I could feel it. He thought I was going to take some of his audience, like like subscribers or something. I, I could feel it when we were talking. And I said, uh, I said, man, I said, man, you're way too big for me, man. I, all you... It's, it, it'll just be good. Inter- it'll be good content for you. I was like, you should come. Let me interview you. Be on my, you, you know. 
he was like, it don't work like that. Like, like he had handlers and stuff. They weren't going to just let me do that, you know? Yeah. No, the traps got a whole, traps got a whole team. Oh, there's a whole team of them, man. Man, traps out there trapping. Yeah. So, but that was me just trying to make connections, man, with people and, yeah. and trying to do it in a, in a cool way. And, and that's what, I, like, when I do my events at my house, I open the house, man. It shocks me. More people don't do that, but they go to the fucking Cancun. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's like, man, all you did was waste money down there. I could have changed your life. Right. And, well, you know, it, it, it was a similar, like, scenario for myself uh, about what I was talking about earlier when, when I did the intro. Like, that's what it was for me when you did your your meetup in Brooklyn. It was it was solely for me. It, it had zero to do with Well Squad for me. Mm-hmm. It was really about going and supporting you and being there and just chopping it up with you and, and just getting to talk shop. I knew, I knew everybody would, you know, flood towards you and you would be a busy man talking to everybody else. And I was like, man, I just want to go meet this person, hang out with him, talk to him for a little bit. And then at the end of the day, man, they were just, everybody was talking to us. So I was just, uh, I was blown away by that whole experience. Man. Right. It was a really great time. It's, it's hard. You know, you see, like, I've been to see, and obviously I'm no Gary Vee, so don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But if you go to an event like that, you don't get to hang out with Gary. Like, you don't get to just hang out and, hey, Gary, can I get you a beer? Like, you don't, um, you don't get to do that. Like, it, 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 you're separated from him. And, yeah. and I don't, I've done somewhere, you know, there's 40 or 50, 50, just, just let's say there's 30 people. Not that big a room. You know how hard it is for me to talk, like to have a serious conversation with 30 people? It's, it's hard. Um, yeah. So at the ones we were doing at my house, you know, I would limit it to 12 people. And the cool thing is I would literally hear their, I would know, I would know them, you know, I would yeah, know that's, that. th- yeah, that's Justin. He, uh, he works on blah, blah, blah. He's, and I could, and not to, it helps me talk to them or helps me cater our class or the content to apply it directly to what their, their life, you know? Um, yeah. And he may be struggling with one issue and we, we have a conversation. Um, not to say that, you know, it's just me. It, it's this is just part of their journey in life, man. Like the more of those interactions you can have with people um, that are either doing something you want to do or have had success to, and you, it is is going to benefit you, right? The more yeah. you hung out with actors who had jobs, is better for you. Absolutely, and it's it's one of the it's it's that motivating thing, right? right? They're working, they're in the trenches, they're doing what it is, and so then that that lights a fire under you to. You know, look at your own situation. What am I not doing? Who am I not calling? What am I doing for, uh, when the phone's not ringing? Who am I emailing? Who am mm-hmm. I talking to? You know, like, so it, it, it lights that fire for yourself. It motivates you when you when you surround yourself with great people. Yeah, and in that one at, at my house on the last one, I mean, on day, on the Saturday day, I've counted, we were at about 200 properties that, Meaning the, the 12 people in this room owned 200 houses. Most of them owned by three people, right? And then, and then and the, you know, me, Robert, and another guy. And then the rest are, you know, I, I have one, I have three. And for them to get to, you know, talk with him or even me, like someone who's getting up every day to do what you're, you're going to try to do, you know, um, it, it's valuable, man. It's valuable for me. It's valuable for them. And it... it, it and then they get to hang out in your environment, like at your house with your, you know, what's going on with you. It, it just adds a realism to it. Like, you're not going to be able to hang out at Cardone's house. 
absolutely. You know, absolutely. You, you're just not. You, you, I mean, you could. I imagine they have a deal where you could do that. Like, my, my buddy went to Tony Robbins' house. Mm. At his house. It was $100,000. Yeah. That's... He said it was fucking amazing. I, I would never pay that, but he said it was cool. Like, you know, he had the money. And so Tony mm. only wanted to talk to people that had the money, you know? So yeah. e- everyone in that room can drop that for a weekend. So that's the people you're you're hanging out with, you know? Yeah, and you know, something something of that level, too, is that mentors have mentors, and, like, right. know, paying those high premiums to get into the room. Like, you being in the room with, you know, obviously he's built his, him, Gary V, Grant, all these guys, they've right. built their whole lives around, they're in the on trapper, everybody, like, everybody wants access to them, right? Right. And so the people that they actually do give that access to, whether it's a paid thing or it's not, or it's an open invite, whatever it is, those people that they talk to, whatever few numbers that they can squeeze in a word with uh, when the night is over, like those are life-changing experiences for most people, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, that it'll it'll light that fire under them. It'll give them that motivation and, and the inspiration that they need to push themselves forward. Yes, it comes at a high price sometimes, right? but it's actually a very small price in terms of longevity when you really look at it. And those guys are doing that, and I've never done that. I've never been in a room where I paid that much, but as I've gotten wealthier, mm-hmm. I can see the value in it, right? So, yeah. like now, I might be willing to spend a few grand to go sit in a room with a bunch of other people that spend a few grand if we were talking about, like, like what if what if they were talking about, you know, here's 10 lending sources that if you have good credit and own property that you can get all the money you need for real estate? And they can explain, like, that's worth me sitting in a room than fucking trying to figure it out on my own, you know? And then meeting meeting the brokers there or meeting the insurance people. Like, if we can just shortcut that and if I already have skills, I can see why they do that because it it eliminates a lot of time wasting and a lot of, uh, you know, silliness. Like, you're just getting right to it. And I get it. And I wanted to recreate that for people on the other end, meaning, like, they are trying. They, they really do want to build wealth. They are working. They're investing. They're doing the things that, like, I talk about, you know? Mm-hmm. But they're not at a level where they could do that. They can't, they're not going to hang out with Grant Cardone. Like, they're not paying 50 fucking grand to go on a vacation with him. But they would like to know, how do I build wealth in real estate? L- really? Like, how do I really do that? And that, that's what I've tried to do with, with my stuff is, like, it's, it's small. It's inexpensive. But it's also valuable for everyone. Yeah, there's there's so much power in just being around great people. And, and right. look, I just want to say this to everybody who's stuck around this long and, and you guys have uh, been on this uh, Twitter spaces with GP and I that I appreciate all of you. You guys are the good people. You are those right. good people for me that, that I also want to get to know. And that, um, Dude, when I know, meet a guy help. and he's 31, he just got married, and he's bought his first rental. That was me at 31. You know, I just had a baby and I bought my first rental. He, he, that guy gets to decide, does he end up with 20 or 30 and, and a multimillionaire soon, or does he fuck it up not? You get what yeah. I'm saying? That mm-hmm. that path is available to him. Yep. But he's going to experience, there's nothing new that 31-year-old man or woman are going to experience. All the same shit that hits in life, child dies. Okay? Yeah. Like, that's reality for me. Does that mean now we don't buy beach houses? Right? I mean, are we done? Or, or do we keep 
going with what our mission was, what our calling was. I mean, you're going to have that adversity is what I'm trying to say. And yeah. And that's, and that's a, you know, something like that. It's, it's obviously a, something heavy that you deal with. Right. Yeah. And if you don't have that foundation built ahead of time, you know, for the mental health side of things or emotionally, mm-hmm. you don't have some sort of a, a spiritual foundation of some sort mm-hmm. financially, whatever, whatever those buckets are for right. you. you know maybe that's not the most positive way to grieve so i i, I don't know I've, you know it's just kind of this new experience in life that i'm trying to navigate and so i was wondering what you know what kinds of things have you found um you know when you've reflected on you know this journey uh that that you've been experiencing how you've uh sort of channeled your grief uh positively and and you know uh, overcame that that type of adversity um, for, man, and it's, dude, it's hard, man. It's, and it, you know, and my wife has handled it differently than me. You know, my mom, like you said, it tore your family apart. Same thing, man. And, um, you know, for me, uh, work, I mean, I, I, I just decide, you know, I, I, I would just also think, all right, this, this horrific thing happened to me. Um, you know, it, it and obviously you got to spend some time with that before you're even just functioning normal. And I think maybe the younger people are too, the more they'll reflect on, you know, why would this happen? Why would God let this happen? I'm way past that. I've seen enough tragedy in life and good people die and, and, and that like random shit happens in life, man. Like, and you can do everything right and just be punched in the face. And and I know that, and I know there's really bad people that are going to be rewarded and have wonderful lives and not much bad's going to happen to them. Science of Getting Rich talks about this, that there is randomness to that. And, and inside of, like when that randomness happens to you, and, and it's why I talk a lot about the idea of being a king, or I just try to see myself as I'm responsible for running this, what I have, and that would include your job, um, you know, all aspect of your life that you have control over. I'm, I'm responsible for that. And then to focus on that, you know, and it might've been harder. Like say, if I had a job I didn't like, cause then you would, you're not getting any relief there. And I'm surrounded by people I don't like that probably would have made it harder, but I, I enjoy, you know, Instagram has helped me with that. Like being able to do videos and speak and then meet like people like yourself. So as I shared my, and I, sh- I, I would, I don't know how you share it. Like, I don't share it in a sense that, and this is weird. My wife had a t- trouble with this. I'll share it on Instagram, but not talk to family about it. And they're like, you're talking to complete strangers. I'm like, yeah, but they're not in the room here with me. And I've had a harder time sharing it with people who knew him. Meaning I don't like to be around his friends. You know, if you are a friend of my son's, I don't necessarily want to hang out with you, but I'm, 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 I'm okay to share the story with people that didn't personally know him. Um, and hopefully, you know, help them or, or just at the very least, sometimes just understand that other people have been through the same pain and, and they're standing here and that, and that may be all you, you get, you know, like, okay, well, if he's standing here, I can stand here. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't have easy answers for that other than for me, I just put myself into my work. That's why I think it's important to have things that you do. Like, I don't get paid to do this. Like, Michael didn't pay me to come on here. And, and so I spend huge sums of my day doing work that nobody pays me for. Um, and I just do that out of love. Like, I just like doing it. Um, now indirectly, that'll lead to money. You know, if, if enough, someone may leave here and go buy my book, and that would be great. But um, putting yourself into something bigger than yourself is, would, is, I guess, what I'm probably trying to say. Like, what do you do for a living? Uh, so I, I work in the construction industry. I, I do like, uh, like I'm an engineer. Badass. I just crunch numbers all day. Okay, so you're at a desk. You're not out building shit. No. Yeah, that's still pretty cool. I mean, you like your job? I, I mean, it's it's interesting. You know, I went through college, got bachelor's, right. master's. You know, it's I, I enjoy the field, but, I mean, it's not something I'm passionate about. It's, you know. But do you have kids? Money. Do you have kids? Uh, not yet. I Man. just got engaged, so I'm about to. <laughs> All right. It's, it's, and, yeah, man, it's, it's like, so you guys are at a, at a time. It, and if you have two people, man, and you don't have kids, you guys could put yourself into something like, Let's say you're like, you know, I, I like this job, but it's not what I'm, I, you know, what I really want to do. What, what a lot of people, how old are you, 30? 30, uh, 33. 33. A lot of people I'll see at that age, they'll just start to lock themselves into a, to a future they're just not going to like, you know. And I think that when you're doing that and you have pain, it, it multiplies it more than if you think you're doing something that's bigger than yourself. Um, like if you can get behind something that's, I don't know, maybe it's using your skills on a project that's bigger than yourself, man. To me, that helps deal. That's always helped me with pain. Like my real estate's bigger than me. When I'm gone, the, these properties will be here. And it's, it's so to me, it's a thing bigger than myself. Or if, if, if I write or teach or put a video out, it's when I'm dead, those videos will still be there. Um, or art or whatever your thing is, you know, um, that's, that's really helped me to be able to, just to put myself into that and a lot of times that looks like doing something for free and i used to say this all the time the closer we move to free often we'll find the most money um you know it's it's i don't i don't know how you use your skills for free but i, I it, it's just that that sort of stuff man because the grind of the day will make your depression worse you know i want to add to that too gerald too because it's the same it's the same for me in the entertainment businesses i've gone on auditions and things like that and I've gotten booked for projects they never they never I've always found they're so fascinated with what I do outside of acting <laughs> like what's what's right. my life outside of that right and I get right. it from a marketing standpoint how can they market you how are you viable in the marketplace and that sort of thing but even with the stock market and you're trading every day whether you're an investor or a day trader swing trader option trader whatever it is if you're just depleting your well with the stock market all day long or and you're at a job that you hate right you what are you refilling your well with to give you that substance to pull from the next time you gotta pull water out of the well if you're just constantly depleting the water you're gonna run out of that at some point you yeah. have to keep refilling it with something whether that's you know the piano for me the harmonica for you you know playing basketball for me or, or working on your houses for you Gerald like you know those those are really important things like how are you refilling your well on a daily basis, whatever that is. And, and, and I think when you start leaning into the things that you, not necessarily what you're passionate about, like what are you curious about? What are you, um, 
what right. are some of those things that you actually feel that you find joy in doing? Maybe they're just hobbies, maybe they're just interests, whatever, but what are those things that you find joy in doing? Um, and lean into that. Just to see, uh, Denzel has this, has this uh, saying for himself anyways, like as a director, it's like, just try it and see what happens. And a lot of directors have given me that note also, is that at some point you're gonna find out whether you like it or not and you can pivot, do whatever you need to do. And man, you're 33, you're still young. Yeah, and I always ask myself, like, what would my son want me to do? Mm, that's a good one, though, man. Yeah, like, yeah, it, and be honest with yourself. Like, just sit there, and when you, you know, and when you do that, that, that shit's tough, man. It can, you know, a lot of times you, you'll cry. Like, I cry a lot, dude. And, yeah. and, um, GP, I, I, think, I think you would appreciate this, too, and you could probably uh, attest to this also, is that, look, when I was running endurance races, there's a lot of that, there's a majority of that race, 90% of that race, you're by yourself. Yeah. And you're, you know, my last one was overnight for 11 hours with a headlamp and I was running through mud and I was jumping over stuff and pulling stuff and jump, you know, going into ice water while I was still running a five mile loop for 12 hours. Um, and in that, you know, that one was that night. I did an ultra marathon a couple of years before that in New York. I firmly believe that we are the best versions of ourselves when we get out in nature and do things that like there's an element with that that when we're struggling in a life transition mm. it always ends up telling us what we need to do next and look the the next move is always just that the next move you just have to put one foot in front of the other yeah yeah it, 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 and i i guess i i have a uh a, a bit of a question on clarifying i i, I get what you guys are, are absolutely saying and i've I can definitely see a relation. Um, Gerald, when you say, um, you know, finding something that's bigger than yourself, um, are you, because the way that you're explaining in your examples, it almost seems like you're doing, you know, how you're teaching and, and same with you, Crow, how you guys teach. Uh, do you mean that in, in terms of, you know, being altruistic and, you know, wanting to help, you know, others in, in that sense? Or are you saying like a, a pursuit that is so consuming for you that, um, it's like, you know, takes that energy and makes it, you know, I don't want to say addicting, you know, but, mm -hmm. um, I, I'm, you know, when I relate that to trading, like I get really consumed by it and, you know, it is a passion of mine and that sometimes it does become addicting, you know, just like, you know, I, I used to run in college and that, that was addicting, mm -hmm. you know, but, but it was like a positive kind of thing, you know? So I, I, I guess that was just kind of a, a question on that. A little, I mean, a, a little of both. I mean, I kind of see it as a little of both. Like, I do think, like, I, like, most, I try to, you know, I sometimes will say a life worth living is a life worth recording. And, and not everyone's going to be an actor or be a musician or be a creator or be a, but there's, there's ways in there. And I don't know for, for me, like say, I, let's say I worked at Walmart, right? I work at Walmart. All right. That's cool. For me, I'm only there to get money to do something that's bigger than me. I, I've been that way my whole life. I didn't go to the military to want to do a 20 year career, right? 
I needed to get some skills. I thought it might help get me a job. I was, I didn't know what to do. So it was a thing I could do right now, you know? And I've never approached work in a sense that like, okay, this is what I'm going to do for 30 years. You know, I was always wanting to do things bigger than myself. And one of my attractions to real estate was that some of the real estate I was buying was older than me. You know what I mean? Like, this is bigger than me. I'm the temporary owner of it, but after I'm gone, it's still here. Engineers build things that live long past them. You know, like if you built, if you were worked on the Hoover Dam, I mean, that's bigger than you. I just think there's something human beings get out of doing things that's bigger than just themselves. Um, and, 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 and for me, it's helped me, man. Not everyone will agree, may agree with you that it's bigger than you, you know, but you know, if I just paint houses and that's what I do, when I die, the houses stop being painted, you know? Yeah. Um, that's yeah, not, I get what you're saying. Yeah, that's not something that's going to go on. And now you may enjoy painting houses, and, 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 and I'm not saying that, but it, I do think as humans, we get something out of being plugged into something bigger than ourselves. Um, in groups, too, like my money flow group, I feel is bigger than me. Like, I mean, obviously it works because I got up and made it work and put it in there, but it's bigger than me because more than just me get something out of it, you know? Just like you're a part of a community. Yeah, and let's say, and this has happened. A guy, you know, a lot. This has happened a lot. A guy talks to one of the guys that's a mortgage broker in there or an account. Next thing you know, they're doing business. Now they're friends. That was bigger than me. Like, you know, indirectly, I caused that. Um, and I believe in karma. You know, for whatever that's worth. Like, um, you know, I don't. I don't have the answers to all of it, but I do believe in it. That, you know, what. what what you think about comes about what you focus on grows. I mean, um, so, so you got to ask yourself is what I'm focusing on what I'm growing. Is this, does this make me happy? And I think a lot of happiness comes from serving other people. And so that's where I get to this idea of like, it's bigger than you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Playing from scam two, three, three, one, nine. <laughs> nice. <Sorry>. No worries. <laughs> that was some alien code shit. <laughs> We appreciate appreciate the question and yeah, I I, I appreciate the. It's the tough, man. I I'm sorry for your loss, man. I feel your I I, I feel your pain. Oh, thank you, man. I I feel yours as well. Yeah, it's tough stuff, man. Good luck. Yeah, thanks. Mike, what's up, brother? Hey, what's going on, guys? Mm. So, um, my question is, um, I really appreciate the uh the, the discussion today, and um. You guys made me really think, and I guess the thing that I think about the most is um, how in building this empire and uh, scaling up things, <clears throat> sorry, how do you go about um, analyzing if you are being patient versus analysis paralysis? I think that's something. Yeah. Um, I'm. I, I just don't know how to observe the situation. So seeing where someone is at and, you know, understanding like the money flow system, stage ones and things may go and looking at charts and um, being independent, those are really fun. But these uh, emotions of, you know, whether you're dealing with the loss and all those things, that's just kind of my curious point as, as you build out this uh, system. And I just kind of was curious on your thoughts. 
I know for I know for myself at least when I'm looking at those things that I I always like to ask myself you know because truth of the matter is and I know that we all probably feel this way is that you can go down the rabbit hole for hours and hours and hours on stocks and the stock market the economy and how it's all related to each other this and that at the end of the day for me I'm asking myself as I'm as I'm peeling back these layers within the charts the support and the resistance price targets and look analyst price targets are analyst price targets those analyst price targets are not my price targets price targets are all personal and you know if you don't have the patience to wait for an analyst price target to reach twenty dollars when something's at twelve dollars then maybe your price target needs to be half of that or a third of that right it's all relative to your own patience and for my uh, patience and your risk tolerance of how much money you're actually putting into it you know as gp talks about the position sizing of things and for me, I'm asking myself, what is it about this stock or this company that I'm investing in that doesn't connect? What's the missing link for me from uh, me being at a point where I can pull the trigger on this trade and enter it or, you know, whatever it is? That's, that's a big part of my process. If I can answer that confidently of what are the missing links for me, then I peel back that layer and I go and search for those answers. We have... We have so much information at our fingertips, and people usually stop on page one or page two of Google. I go to page twenty. I go to page thirty, and there's a real and that's that's part of my entertainment producer life, actor life that comes into play with that, as as well as my my life in the Navy when I was a when I was a chef and I was preparing food. It was the same level of preparation in that way. So. I'm always asking myself, what is the missing link for me to pull the trigger on this? And if I can't answer that, a lot of the times I don't enter enter trades or I don't invest in something until I have a confident answer for myself. I don't know about uh, what's what your process is are, on that, GT. When, when you ask that, are you referring to stocks or real estate or what? Uh, so this is uh, me just going into the realm of trading um, because okay. – uh, Truthfully speaking, I was actually, uh, it was interesting that you brought up Wall Street Trapper because uh, that was the person that inspired me to actually, like, buy my first, right. you know, dividend-paying stock. Yeah, so, that's, he does, he's out, great at that. Exactly. So um, he gave me that, that willpower and that angle to start doing it. Yeah. And now it's just to build that volume and the control and, you know, in time, you know, work for you too. So, you know, it's just like, but you got to be in the game too, you know. You got to get burned. You can't always, you know, just kind of be on the sidelines. So, you know, the journey for me was just kind of leaving my job almost a year ago now, starting my own uh, business, and now just thriving to, you know, build my enterprise of trading up. So, you know, but that's just the the awkwardness, of, right? Like, you know, moving forward. And how old are you? I'm thirty five. Yeah, that's the reason I asked that. That's a, it's a pivotal age, man. Thirty to that thirty-seven. It allow yourself seasons too, man. So as I answer this, like, there's going to be times where you need to invest in your business, not not necessarily add to the stock market, you know. And and in those times, then I've done videos, you, I don't know if you've seen where I'll say stand your ground, meaning like all my energy needs to go over here, but that doesn't mean I go sell my stocks to move my money over here. It means I keep that there and then I need all my new energy needs to be focused on this. 
And the, you know, the best investment could be, let's say you needed something for work is to put all your money into that. And then all of a sudden that generates three times more money at work. So now you got more money to invest, right? And so it's a, you, you got to, you know, keep all that in, in, in mind. There's been, you know, I'm 52 now. So as I trade, I generate a lot of passive income from investments from the past. And so if someone was, say, 22 and they're trying to trade with me, they're like, God damn, he's buying a lot of things, you know. But it's like, yeah, I've built a big base, so I've got money coming at me all the time. And, you know, they may not be in that situation, right? So there's going to be times and seasons and, and, and you won't have money to. So as I make money and I put money in my account, when I look at it, it's like, where's the best use? What do I think is the best use of this money right now? Or what is it I'm focused on? If it's building up my buy and hold, then I'm looking for stage one dividend stocks. You know, and I'm scanning like this. Let's say I put $300 in my account. I'm scanning. Are there any of my stocks that are set up for a buy? I don't over worry about necessarily was that the best possible. I don't know. Like I'm adding to Ford. Ford's a stage one. I've got some money. Let's add to Ford. You know, um, I don't want to make it too complicated for myself to execute. And I want to be always on the in the process of executing for me. Like I want to buy dividend stocks every day if I can. And I realize that's unrealistic for some people, you know? Um, but if, if I can, I'm always looking to execute and to add to positions that I have, you know? I don't, I don't, know, I don't know if that's what you were asking, but. No, definitely that helps. Cause you know, I think, you know, you know, I have my long-term portfolio mm-hmm. and you know, that's kind of like, I don't look at it once things go in there. You know, They're in there. Really worried about right. It. So, yeah. So I've been, you know, working on just like my stage four exit. So, you know, but also making sure that, you know, just go, you, you don't want to lose the money. Right. You want to build it up. So right. it's like, you know, there is, you know, like time where you're investing into the business. And that's where I was just like, it's getting great because it's like you don't mm-hmm. want both things to necessarily be down right you know so like you know where you could be comfortable with 50 percent loss right you know that's different than that going into the business and making that thrive and i you know taking you know as you know i've taken money from my trade account to invest in the business now the money's coming back now so right it's an interesting lever pulling process and it's just like you just want to have that faith because it's just like you know you gotta I don't want to stand on the sidelines too long, but just that analysis of just staying on the side and just understanding well, that element of it is just and it know, it difficult. won't it won't change as you go forward. Even if you have more, like two, like I have seventeen properties. Well, every one of those took a twenty percent down payment, and so there were times where all of my extra money and energy, profits from businesses, profit from royalties any money I could collect and rent, all monies were to go to this deal that I was trying to do. And, and I, I wasn't putting money in my SEP IRA. I wasn't adding money to dividend stocks. And yet I would stay in the flow of them watching every day. And I, oh, look, this is a stage three. Let me trim that. And I can add to this, but I've put no money in, in, you know, months or I, shit, I went two years not adding money to stocks because I was, I got one real estate deal after another. But because I did that, now I have lots of money coming from real estate that I can put into stocks, you know? And, and just because my 
that didn't mean I didn't watch the charts every day. I mean, get people like, well, I got no money to put in. Good. Watch the charts. Learn what the fuck you're doing. Like spend the next year learning support and resistance and get intimate with the Mac. You don't need to put money in to do that, you know? And whether your stocks are down or up or whatever is no, should not affect the time that anybody spends studying and learning. Whether Even if you don't have money, like you can master trading, you know, you can, for, but and for me, especially being an entrepreneur and a businessman, there was times where I'm flush, man. I just bought, I just paid cash for a beach house. I'm flush. Now I'm broke, literally broke. And then I had to pay quarterly taxes. And I'm like, I'm out here like, hey, you need somebody to mow your yard? Um, Because I'm all in, you know? And was that the right move? Now, I mean, it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable to have a lot of money and be all in and you don't have any money, you know? Um, Definitely. I, I think that's, uh, you know, the perspective. And you just, and I think, you know, both angles of it, that just really helps because, you yeah. know, you're, that's what I want to come into is just the abundance of it. So it's just like just keeping that headspace correct so you're not right rushing and, you know, and then, and then new ideas. Right. And you're probably going to have new ideas in the future. You're a young, young, young man. You're an entrepreneur. You're going to have new ideas, new thoughts, new things to try. And what I would try to employ you to do is use new money for the new ideas, meaning don't run off. And, and I see guys do this. Oh, now I want to do this. And they go sell all their Bitcoin and then they come over here and do NFTs. And then it's like now they sell all of those and they go over here and it's like instead, why don't you just build up this portfolio and put your new money into the new ideas? Um, like I, whenever I launched a new business or a new thing, I was still doing the old business. You know, and it's like, let me see if this works. Let me test this, you know. Um, yeah, and, and even in real estate, like I hear a lot of people want to borrow. Let me borrow against this and borrow. Why don't you go get new money and buy a new house? That's what I try to do. Like, I don't want to keep borrowing the money. I want to I want to get my own money and borrow the other, you know, the leverage. I don't want to borrow the down payment. Um and so I put new money into each deal, you know. Whenever I add a stock to my portfolio, I put new money. I might trim some stocks to also add to it, but like I recently bought Hasbro. I'm I'm I bought it with new money. You know, it was a new 500 bucks. I plan to have the stock for the next 20, 30 years. Um Yeah, I didn't go off and sell other things to buy Hasbro, you know. I'm bringing in new energy, new money. Yeah, that, that's really helpful because, you know, that's it's like you just don't want to spread yourself too thin. And, mm. you know, right now is this at the element where everything is new. You're still researching, digging and, right. you know, you don't want to be away from it. So that, you know, you made the investment. Now you get, you know, you reap the benefits. And now I, I like that angle of having, you know, putting new money towards the objectives instead of like closing out and just kind of jump in that's mm -hmm. what you want that's what i want to make sure i avoid not right you know going you know rabbit you know to hold a hole looking for the come up but just more so scaling into it right and that i'm that's my game man like when i got when i got the bitcoin bug you know i went from one day not believing it next day full-blown you know student you know i'm a preacher of it now i mean that's I, that's how i tend to go in things i either want to be all in or not in and because it takes my time and because I'm not playing like I'm like when I buy properties or, or stocks, it's there's no pretend like this is for real. And so I don't want to half ass do it. I want to be in. 
so when I started doing Bitcoin, I don't go, I didn't go sell. Like I've had friends like, well, why don't you just sell some houses and buy them? I'm like, no, man. No, man, that shit's working. I'm not going to disrupt that. Like, I'm going to go get new money, new energy, new shit. Like, if I make a score or I flip something, something new, all that new shit's going over here. And and I did that. And it took me about a year to get a full Bitcoin. Now, think of that. That's, you know, I think my price average on that ends up being like 36000 But if you think on that, that's 36000 It could have went to something else, right? That. And so now I've got enough in there. I'm, you know, if I buy now, it's small. I'm, I'm good. I, I had to have a moment, man. I had a moment where I focused on Bitcoin and I was doing everything else too. Like I'm managing my properties. I'm, I'm watching stocks for stage threes to trim. I'm trading inside my trading. I'm doing everything else, but new energy is going into this. That's, that's what it's like though, you know, like with the market, it's the same thing within like the sec- sector rotation, right? As, right. As new money is allocated and new money is distributed, you switch to a different avenue. Right. So, Doesn't mean I sell the other one necessarily. Yeah. It's just, it's just as the market, as, as sector rotation happens, look, we have, just like you said too, we have our own seasons and you right. have to, you have to find the thing that sticks that new energy, new money, man. That's, that's a fire tweet, GP. It is. And, and, and if, and if you're an entrepreneur, People suffer with this like, okay, I have this debt, but damn, I want to trade. I want to invest. I'm like, bro, get rid of the debt. All energy, all everything. You can trade. You can practice. Go open an account. You know, do a paper trading account. Start learning. Go subscribe to Morningstar. Start reading. Do everything you're doing, but actual money, don't do it. Put it in your, you know, knock out your debt. I can never get anybody to do that. They, they, you know, I mean, I'm sure some do, but it's... um, you know, you can you can do that. Like you can start learning to buy real estate without having money to buy real estate. I used to use the example of a restaurant, and they'd be like, "I want to open a restaurant." I'm like, "What are you going to call it?" Like, what do you mean? What's the name of it? Like, have you? I mean, if you're going to do it, start thinking. It don't cost you any money to have a name. You know, it don't it don't cost you any money to figure out where you get your tablecloths from and where you get the silverware and how does the food come in. Like, all the moving parts of running a restaurant are free to learn, right? It's just, yeah. it's just what is it when it's actually time to execute on buying one. And the more time you spent on all the free shit, the easier it is when you start executing. I mean. Yeah, I, I think it's too is that a lot of people get, whether it's debt or whether it's just the mountain of, okay, what does it take to buy real estate? What does it take to mm-hmm. start a business? All these elements, right? All of these mountains that are in front of them, people get overwhelmed by them and then they, you know, they end up backing out of whatever it is they want to do, right? It's the same with like, when I would run these races, when I would get to one checkpoint, there'd be another checkpoint waiting for me. Like the race wasn't over. Like when you get to one, you get to one, the peak of the mountain, you got another mountain waiting right. for you. So it's just this, this cycle that you really got to find your groove in and not get intimidated by the things that are in front of you. Right. You just got to go after it. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. I mean, I have people in my training group, we have a real estate section in there and was talking to one guy the other day and he hasn't added anything in the stock market in like seven months because he's had this he's had a real estate deal that's just sucked all his money and he, and he was kind of feeling bad about it and i'm like you've been looking at the charts every day for seven months right and he was like to be honest no and i'm like dude you just gave up seven fucking months of of experience of seeing support and resistance of watching the the macd like the things that i do i didn't like you gave up all that time, you know, and yet you're here, yeah. you're a paying member and you're here. And because of this deal you have, you gave that up, man. And I want to do all of them. Like, I don't, I don't want to let it 
just because I can't add money to my account don't mean I can't manage my account like a champ, you know? Mm-hmm. Like Absolutely. A, you're, you're an asset manager. And, and there was a time when I had 30000 in my buy and hold. Now I have like a million in my buy and hold. And there's been years that I didn't add to it, you know, and, and what was I going to do? Stop looking? That would have been dumb. I mean, I need to stay on this game, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, I, it's, it's such a, it's such a great process overall, like when you really tap into it all and you just stick with it, just the persistence of it all, of just like we, like we talked about earlier, just showing up every day. I, I say it to the Wealth Squad members in there. We've had quite a few millionaires come out of there or, or that are still in it. Yeah. And just realizing, like, look, if you just keep showing up every day and you just keep putting in the work, no matter how small that needle moves for you, you too are going to end up being a millionaire also. You will. It's inevitable if you just keep sticking with it. At some point, you just have to stick to your discipline. Mm. And whatever that routine is for you, um, if it's working, obviously, like if it's not, then you need to, you know, figure out something, something different. But if you just keep showing up every day, there's so much, that's, that's 99% of the work. Right. Is just showing up every day. Yeah. And that's what I do when I'm, you don't want to, right. Right. You don't want to, that's when you really got to do it. When you're really, when your body's all sore from working out, that's the time you should go to the gym. Right. Showing up is half the battle, man. Even if you're not feeling it, you're not there, you're not happy, whatever, just showing up is, 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 yeah. I mean, that's, that's half the battle right there is just showing up, man. And one thing I've switched to, too, I've started asking people to, uh, uh, to believe in me, man, you know, mm-hmm. like, Hey, believe in me, man. Like I'll believe in you. You believe in me. Like I need it. Uh, you know, I don't know if it works or not, but if I could have 10,000 people hoping for the best for me, it can't hurt. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Pray, shit, pray for me. Like, I, do that for me. I'll do it for you, man. And I always, and I mean that stuff, man. And because it can't hurt. Like, and, it, and it's free. Like, everything that can't hurt you that's free, if it can help you, maybe maybe maximize that, right? Yeah, exactly. There's a, there's a parable. I, I remember being taught this in school. like with the, the little lesson with the popsicle sticks, right? You mm-hmm. put like one or two of them in your hand, you bend it, you can easily break it. But if you put a whole stack of those things in your hand... Can't break it. You can't break it. There's, there's real strength in numbers there always. Is. And, oh. you know, the more people that lean onto that, that's, you know, it can do powerful things for you. So we got Carlos. Sorry about that, Carlos. Yeah. What's up, Carlos? Hey, what's going on? Um... I've been on it since 1130. I just want to... <laughs> appreciate the love, brother. Hey, listen. You, neither... Uh, listen, G, Michael, you guys don't need the fluff, but I would be remiss if I didn't say that, you know, both of your content, both of your... What you give to both communities, Wealth Squad, Money Flow Gang, every single day, it's it's incredible. It's life-changing, and... I mean, like, like I said, you don't, you don't need all that. Um, I, I'm sure you get a million texts and tweets, like all that every single day, but from a personal level, um, I, I actually joined well squad back in September and, you know, I guess through, through Chris and like, you know, looking at the community, obviously just, just like many well school, excuse me, well squad, um, community members, you just so happens to stumble across Joe Peters and, <laughs> and, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and Gerald. Uh, before I get into my question, I, um, I I will say this: I could probably reiterate and repeat 
most of your podcasts at this point. I listen <laughs> to like your 2019 podcast every single day. It's a it's a ritual. I I must start my day, and I think you guys even touched on it at some Carlos, point. I where, hope if you're repeating his content that you're cussing at somebody in there because that's what, hey, that's the you, sauce, baby. Listen, listen, yo, I think, Gerald, you say it sometimes, hey, you're going to lose some customers if you say certain things, so <laughs> I, I, I live in sales, so, yeah. but, but certainly in my head, I'm, I'm definitely cussing people out every single minute. Right. Um, no, no, but uh, but on all seriousness, I just want to say thank you very much, because um, I'm going to be honest, and for everyone who's listening, um, Gerald, I... You're, I'm not at the at the trading and, and investing level that I want to be mm-hmm. just yet, and I and I can't because sure. the first thing I did was read. Um, you don't have to die broke, so my first objective is getting my buckets right. Nice, and um, you know that's important to me because there's there's a chapter in there where it's like you know 40 and broke. I'm almost there. I'm 37 and 100 broke, but the reality is, I just finding your book and finding your your recipe. You know, that, that is the life changer for me. So I'm trying my best to just stick with it every single day so that I can be a success story for my family and so on and for, so forth, you know. Um, and but the one thing I get from both you, Gerald, as well as Michael, is, um, you know, before you guys were extremely successful within this space, um, once upon a time, you weren't right. You were just starting off. Every black belt starts off as a white belt. Right. <laughs> so, um the difficulty that I've seen in a, in a short amount of time, is it's, a, it's almost like a Google review where when you're excited about something, you see a blueprint um, and I'm seeing success. Like I've been pinged down, like I, I do sales for my nine to five. I'm doing DoorDash at night. Um, I've built up my Webull account from like 500 to about 3000 in, you know, in a few months. I want to say like about four months. Um, nothing crazy, but you know, like for me, that's big. I've never done that before in my life. And I'm 37, you know, um, so I'm, I'm like doing like little things as, as much as I can. But I really just want to eliminate that debt. Um, like you say, Gerald, uh, I don't want to carry around debt as a pet anymore. <laughs> um, but I do have trouble at a personal level um, with those that are closest to me because, you know, I, th- I think sometimes when folks get excited about finding this new avenue of life, the first thing you want to do is tell the ones that are closest to you. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's um, it's not always the response that I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to get. Most people probably like they're they're tuned in, but then they change the subject. Yeah. Or I I will say I was I want I want to say this at this point, Carlos is like when you look at when you look at haters, when you look at people that don't support you some of those strongest haters and some of those strongest people who don't support you are going to come from your own family. Right. Exactly. You know, it's, it's unfortunate that that's what it is, but I I think that there's a lot of successful people that that's also happened to, right. We, we hate for that to happen, but, um, you keep walking in that purpose, that intention of what you're trying to do. You feeling like you're 37 and broke and you don't have any other Avenue or that, that struggle there. Like the truth of the matter is, like, and we all have our financial struggles. It's all just at a different capacity, right? But look, man, you have an iPhone. You're on Twitter Spaces. Like, we we have so much power to be able to change our entire lives all from the power of a smartphone that we hold in our hands every day. Like, everyone thinks to be a power trader, you need a, a huge desktop setup. You need the LED lights. You need the remote controls, the keyboards, the gaming chair, the headsets. Look, man, I trade on my iPhone. I trade on my laptop. 
that's it. Occasionally, I'll, iPad, I'll do something, but eight, 75% of my trades are all from my iPhone. You know, I might throw in a chart there or something that, you know, it's easier to look at on a laptop, but it's all about you leveraging the resources and the things that you have and using it to your advantage, whether that's technology, whether that's a family member who's wise in a certain area, maybe it's spending more time with that person to teach you something or, you know, like you've been doing, you've been devouring Wellspot content, Gerald's content. Um, you know, the root of all of it, man, is like, you absolutely got to believe in yourself and what it is you're doing because what everybody else thinks, man, it don't even matter. Yeah, it's tough if it's family members, you know, your spouse, you're excited, you know. It's not, I mean, anybody here that's gotten fired up about Bitcoin and no one know, around you knows anything about it, you look like an alien, you know. 100%. Yeah. yeah. They're just looking at you like, you know how stupid that is? It's a Ponzi scheme. Like, you know, I get it. Um, I always did things in phases. It's easier for me now because I've been at this stuff for a long time. So people will go, that's just Gerald, just leave him be, you know, like I've, I've, I've earned the right to do that. But when you're starting out, like when I bought my first house, like I was in college, dude, I got out and I was living who the lady was going to become my wife. And I'm in college using the GI bill, trying to be like responsible. I got a job and I start my lawn care business on the side. I start playing around with trading you know, investing. I get this idea about buying a house. I meet the guy, it turns me onto it. And we had saved 15 grand. And after vacationing with a stranger, I come home with the big idea that I'm going to take our entire life savings and put it into this horrific house that there's no way anybody in my family would live in. And that was, you know, it's like, okay, you're going to take all of our money and buy that shithole. I was like, yep. And guess what? We're going to get $200 every month, you know? That's a hard sell when your wife wants a new car or wants, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, they're like, or we could buy shit for the baby. <clears throat> and and so I just kind of came to compromises. Like, what, what could I do that would make you comfortable so that I can do this without a lot of uh, pushback, you know? And for her, like, I, I paid off her student loan and paid off the cars. And that's where the debt thing came from, is like, once I didn't have debt, she felt more comfortable letting me try crazier things yeah it was a give and take she needed to feel like okay if he goes out here and totally fucks this up we're not going to lose our car our house we're not going to lose you know what i'm saying right and, and it was a give and take and that's that slowed me down like i had to do three year and that's why i teach it now because it's it's more than just you it's like there's people around you that you also have to almost like prepare the ground if you were a farmer you know Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think I've been warped into, I don't want to call it the rabbit hole because it's not that, but I, you know, I listen to you guys every single day. I devour, as Michael said, the content and, and it just makes so much sense. And I've seen all the success, not only yours, but, you know, um, so many other people within the right. community by simply just following the blueprint and just sticking with it, like being robotic about it almost. And um, I think, you know, G, you always reference, you know, there's there's the 93% mentality and then there's the 7%. Right. Like once you transition um, into the 7% mentality, listen, you know, uh, that doesn't have to be monetarily right now. I mean, right? I mean first it's in your mind. You, you, yeah, exactly. you probably don't have the money first. It's just yeah. in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. But like, and, but like, I think just starting there, 
um, because I have nowhere else to start. That's that's where I need to be and helping those that are closest to me try to get to that space. It's really, really super. It's so hard. Right. And it may yeah, not be but, your job to get them there, man. Like you may need right. to just stay with yourself and through evidence, they'll see it. Like I bought right. it was house number two, maybe three when my spouse said, OK, I'm going to help you with this. Like it took a minute, man. And it's when I got the first one and then I needed help. You know, I'm like, hey, can you help me with this? You know, we got a baby. Dude, when I bought my first property, you know, I, I'm having, I have a baby, you know? And I would, I'm not paying for daycare. Like we would take the kid over there and he'd just suck up paint fumes, you know? Like the, the family's there. Like I'm, I'm saying, no, we're not going to your friend's house this weekend to play cards. We're fucking painting. Like, and that, it took a minute, you know, and, but once, you know, she saw rent come in and I'm like, look, the house is appreciated. Like, oh, it took a minute, man. And it was a, it was a push, but eventually I got him to come around and see it, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. It, your wife, your wife's a good woman, GP. Like it, I, I got to spend a lot of time with GP and his, and his wife in New York and she's a, she's a good woman, man. And I think that that's also really important too, with whatever it is you're trying to do, you have somebody else not and it's not just you it's important to have that good partner yeah and that, i say it all the time everyone around you is and i don't mean to make it sound like don't you know don't be a dick to your family but you are in control of your time right and so the people around me are either assisting me or i'm not spending much time with them yep and that could be my brother i mean i'll go visit hey man what's up blah 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 yeah i gotta go and 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 anybody that's ever met me knows this man like if we're not and it's not a selfish thing. It's just like, this stuff is hard, man. And if I spend a lot of time hanging out with this guy, not doing anything, I'm not going to do anything. I have, this, I have this problem in New Orleans. So I bought a house and I'm meeting new people, friends. They don't know I'm on the Instagram. They don't know YouTube. They don't know I'm a trader, you know? And as, and as we start meeting them, they all have their own filters and preconceived ideas and thoughts on things and, you know, and... I'm realizing like they don't recognize me as an expert in anything, you know, yeah. they don't know me and it's hard because I spend time with them. Their, their weekends are partying. Like everything about these people is just partying and uh, everybody's broke. You know, they're nice people. They're my neighbors. They're great, but they're broke. And, you know, and it's like, okay, if I spent, and I was telling my wife, I was like, if I spend a lot of time with these guys, I'm going to be broke too. I mean, because we're not talking about things that are going to make us prosperous, you know, like no one, no, that group never asked me about stocks, you know. I remember on one of your <clears throat> IG lives a couple of weeks ago, GP, when there was a guy on there, you were talking about one of, I think you, I think you were talking about your uh, Florida property mm -hmm. when you were in Florida, I think when you did it. And the guy was like, he's like, oh, you never take a day off, GP. You got to, but yeah, you got to, you got to go out and you got to enjoy your life. Yeah. You got to go and enjoy those things. And he said, yeah, man, I do. I enjoy being rich. Yes. This is what rich people do. Right. <laughs> I was, I was dead at that point, man. I, you know, all the popcorn emojis on that, on that comment. Right. It, it, it's like he was saying, like Carlos was saying that the 93, the 7%. It's, this can't. If you're gonna win, it can't be something you're faking. Like I don't think you can fake. All right, I gotta and be a professional football player. Like I think you gotta like playing football, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't think many guys that play professional football go, man. I hope the coach gives us some time off. Like they want to play football, you know. 
And they want to play it as long as they can because they know one day they're not going to get to play. Like, it's not that long a game, right? And, 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 and I, I just, you know, I try to, I look at it like that, man. Like, I feel, you know, back to equate it to my son, one of the tenets of the science of getting rich is being grateful. That's tough. It's tough to be grateful when you're depressed or in pain. Um, but I can be grateful that the stock market opened. That gives me something to think about, right? I can be great. So I can find things to be grateful for, even though I'm not personally very grateful right now. Um, and that's, that's tough, man. And, and that's, that's kind of like controlling your time too, or the people you're around and trying to do it without being a dick um, is a struggle. It's hard, man. I get invited to things all the time. I have no interest in going there with them because they're not going to talk about anything that I give a shit about. GP, when, when that tragedy with your son happened, what was the gratitude for you? And for your wife. Man, that was and the hardest one that I had to struggle with because I've taught yeah, people that's why, that's be why grateful. I really to, to touch on it, you yeah. know, like, because I think it's a real thing that needs to be talked about. And but I'm even curious, too. I've, I've had friends who have died from similar situations, mm-hmm. too, and they, they took their own life. And, you know, even for myself, it's it's been one of the hardest things to find gratitude in those moments to dig you out of those holes to keep moving on with your life. Yeah, and, and you just have to start being grateful for things that are bigger than you, you know? Like, man, this beach is awesome. Yeah. Even though I'm sad, right? Like, I'm sad right now. I'm sad. But look at that kid playing in the beach, man. This is badass, right? Like, I can I can pause for a minute and separate. At least, I don't know, may, maybe I've gotten good at over, as maybe because I'm older, of compartmentalizing. But I can be sad and at the same time enjoy this pizza. Yeah. And because the sad, this sadness is never going away, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not like something you get over with, like, you know, like a puppy and after a while you, you get a new dog and you, you don't feel as bad. It doesn't work like that when it's someone you're close to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still like, you know, I got to eat. Right. So I like, so I just started just making it the simplest of things, man. This wine is excellent. I'm, ha- I'm grateful yeah. for this. I'm grateful the stock market opened. Um, and I would just put it on just simple shit that's bigger than me, you know, um, you know, but yeah, it, it, even though you're not feeling very grateful stuff, man, but that you're right, Carlos mindset that you start thinking like the seven. hundred percent. Michael, Gerald, um, I know there's other people that probably want to speak to you too. Just want to say thank you. If there was a bigger word than thank you, I would give to you. Um, mm. and, and more than that. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate it, Carlos. Appreciate it, man. Buddy. Mm. Tommy, what's good, brother? Yo, Tommy. My man, Tommy. Tommy Lee. All right, Tommy don't want to come up and say nothing, okay? Maybe he's trying to find a button. Twitter can be confusing for at first. I think it takes a minute for people to... To get locked in. What's up, Value? What can we do for you, man? Thanks for sticking around and hanging out with wow. us. Hey, maybe we should... Uh, we had a lot of good response, man. We might want to do this yeah. once a week right, or something. I just wanted to ask you something. Okay, okay, go on. Yeah, yeah go ahead. All right, I was just passing through, and I saw this amazing topic, Mastering Your Craft, Mindset, Motivation, and the Money Flow. So I felt like uh, it will make a lot of sense if I maybe put in uh, one or two to eat. So, uh, about the mindset stuff, right? There are actually six loser mindsets you need to eliminate. Yes, 
there's what we call uh, the int, like the, the it's impossible mindset. Okay, for the sake of reality, there are certain things that you have to accept that may be out of reach, depending on the stage of life you are in. Let's say you 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 uh, you decide at 50 years old you want to become an Olympic athlete or a professional football player. You can obviously admit that uh, those goals are not realistic, right? However, uh, it is not out of reach or impossible to get your body into amazing athletic shape at 50. And you could compete in fitness competition at any age. So if truly uh have a desire if truly you have a desire to achieve something that feels impossible do some research and find stories of people who have actually done it and follow them and learn how they made it so change that mindset from impossible to uh impossible and you will be taking that first step towards achieving dreams. Another mindset most folks are, are actually have in mind is uh, they feel like I'm just unlucky yeah, this is a common excuse that is such a tempting concept because it takes away all responsibility from you. Instead of confronting the, the reasons, you may be feeling you blame it on luck. Wow. <clears throat> okay, that was a lot. We did a lot. We talked about a lot. Told you Michael's the character. Awesome guy. Um, I love having, I love interacting with awesome people. I have a lot of cool influencer friends. Keep your eyes open for a live event. I'm probably going to do, I'm saying probably, I'm going to do in New Orleans. These are limited. We only have so many seats, 12 people. It's at my house. I host it. We go party on Bourbon Street. We talk stocks. We talk investing. See what I can do to help you help change your life. Be part of your journey. Also, Instagram has these new things called subscriptions. We've been testing it out. It's $9.99 a month. Basically, I can go live with just the people on subscription. Cool thing is there. It's just uh, mature adult people who are trying to learn more and do more and be more. And we cut out the bots and the 14-year-old kids with phones, the insults and the heckles. And I've really been enjoying that. It allows me to really talk to people who want to hear it. I've been doing at least one whiteboard class, seminar, whatever you want to call it on stock investing or real estate this coming week, it's going to be on stocks. Um, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I save those, so they can be watched later. And I do stories and stuff that only post to the people on the subscription. And that list is growing. And if you want to help me support my work, that's one great way you could do it. That's very inexpensive. Also, be sure to visit moneyflowmerch.com. Got the softest, coolest shirts in stock trading. I love you guys. Appreciate everything you do. And if there's anything I can do to help, you let me know.